Well, hi there, everybody. Sorry to interrupt your other podcasts that you're listening to, but a little uh, fun announcement to make here. Casey, in summertime, we'd like to get up to some antics. And those antics would involve getting a bunch of nerds together and doing what nerds do best, yelling at each other. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. So we are going to do Nerd Debate live this year. <gasps> Nerd Debate 5 live. There we in go. Person. Boom. That yes. is the subtitle. We just came up with it. We will be doing this at the amazing Bullfinch Brew Pub here in Syracuse, New York. So find all the information that you need at our social media or at nightshiftradio.com. We've drank Bullfinch's beer before. Dave, the brewmaster at Bullfinch, makes amazing beers. Check out the amazing stuff that's happening in Bullfinch. You can go to bullfinchbrewpub.com. Come join us on Saturday, July the 29th at 730 and be sure to be ready to listen to a bunch of nerds argue with each other. <laughs> All right, we're going to leave your podcast now. Goodbye. <laughs>
And and Clooney just acting through that scene. Yeah, you yeah. think we need one more? Yeah, that's brilliant. Yeah. Um, yeah, this is uh, this is the precursor for that. For definitely for Suicide Squad. I mean, like, yeah. put a bunch of comic book characters in it. It's the same idea. Yeah, absolutely. And I, um, when did the Suicide Squad seventies? So I'll bet you. So it probably is in response to it. I'm sure Colin will let us know. I'm sure he will. <laughs> uh, so this movie. Um, was is based on a novel by E. M. Nathanson, who's, mm-hmm. a, who's a writer. He's written. A, um, I think he had about five or six books that I saw. None of them were of the you know that I think larger than the Dirty Dozen. But mm-hmm. this was a this was a hit in, in book form. So adapted, um, written the screenplay written by Nunnally Johnson and Lucas Heller, and they're screenwriters, you know, producers, directors of that sure. era. Um, not only Johnson had done the, the had written the adaptation of the Grapes of Wrath, oh. the film, um, the Three Faces of Eve is a movie that some mm-hmm. people have seen. Um, I've heard of it. I've never seen. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I've seen Grapes of Wrath, but that's the thing. I mean, mm-hmm. that's the that's the era, nineteen sixty seven. Robert Aldrich is the director. Right. Uh, whatever happened to Baby Jane? The longest, y- the original, the longest yard, mm-hmm. um, and then you know a boatload of movie credits going back much much earlier that this is kind of towards the end of his career and this uh, it's been uh, uh quite a while since i've seen whatever happened to baby jane and maybe equally as long as time since i've seen the longest yard mm-hmm. uh but man the way he uses the set to his advantage to take really cool shots in this movie yeah i was like holy shit this is this is great i mean this is not a you know it's all inside a soundstage on a lot somewhere. Right. I, Since they're in real, uh, you know, who, what actually does it a lot now is uh, Deep Space Nine because oh, really? all the lighting for it is not stage lighting. It is for the actual station. It's real lighting. So you can get like a, a shot where it starts with someone's head like this and goes and sweeps around because they built everything. No kidding. So it's not like, oh, you can't go beyond this point because then they're going to see the stage lights like on uh, Next Generation or even. Uh, the original Star Trek, really? you know, like they were like, let's make it actual lighting so we're never hindered on the like oh, shooting brilliant. through a chair in this in the Dirty Dozen and like a lot of god shots in this movie. I was like, okay, yeah, yeah, this is pretty cool. Yeah, it's a, it's a beautifully shot film. Um, so it, so let's poke at that for a second. So it's the oceans. I would say it's the Ocean's Eleven of uh, of sixty seven, certainly the late sixties. Sure. Um, at the time, it so this was a Going to be kind of a big movie. Mm-hmm. Win. They had a five point four million dollar budget at the box office. They do forty five million dollars. Now shit. those are nineteen sixty seven dollars in twenty twenty. That equates to a forty one million dollar budget. Okay, and a box office of three hundred and sixteen million dollars. <laughs> this was a this blockbuster. Yeah, I mean it spawned four. I'm assuming terrible. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. One hundred. Doesn't Savalas come back for the fourth one? But not as as maggot. Oh no, well, maggot's dead. So right. Spoilers. Uh, all right. So we had a little bit of a uh, a chop there. So if the uh, edit sounds a little rough, um, the queen came through to get lunch, which was totally fine because we're filming this or <laughs> filming. <laughs> we're recording this uh, one o'clock in the afternoon right now. Yeah. So we yeah. had a stop. So I think we were talking about dollars, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. That, dollars. So, so what was it? Yeah. Six three hundred and three hundred and sixteen million at the box office. Now, I mean, sadly, by twenty twenty. Numbers that would not be considered a hit, I would consider it a hit. Uh, it, w- it would be clear on a $41 million budget, 316 at the box office, commercially successful. Commercially successful, but... It's not blockbuster. I guess I'm saying the the internet does not look at how much budget was. They just look at the 
the number that it made. And they were like, okay. oh, it's not a success. I'm like, uh, 316. That's, that's a lot of yeah, money. Yeah. That's more money than you or and I will ever see in our lifetime. Yeah. I, oh, I wonder what, um, let's see. Let's see if we can find the top grossing movies of 1967 just for context to see, sure. like where does it fall so it's the it's the number four highest grossing Whoa. according to wikipedia fourth highest grossing film in the united states and canada beaten by at number three was bonnie and clyde sure uh number two was guess who's coming to dinner okay and number one the graduate now this is an interesting movie because uh did you watch this on netflix uh yes did you see that it came up with a TV rating. Oh, I TV did. 14. This is an unrated movie because the MPAA hadn't uh, started their rating system until a year later. I did not know or realize that. Yeah, 68 was when, uh, November of 68 was when they started. That's crazy. Now, it's still technically a voluntary thing, but I would say sure. this movie may sneak by with a PG-13, but it would probably be our uh, the headshot at the end, the guy, uh-huh. and when you see the bullet hole, because sure. how a lot of PG thirteen movies get by, there's no real reason or Which is rules one of the for them. Big criticisms of the MPAA, uh, yeah, is that there's no set rules. Is that like look at um, uh, Infinity War, all those aliens that die at the end? Well, they're faceless aliens; they don't care. Sure, it's sure. when it's an actual person. That's why the first Avengers movie got an R rating originally. For Coulson's death. Oh, interesting. Yeah, so it, they're they're real sticklers on. Oh, and also when um, Reinhardt Reinhardt uh, uh, um, Reisman Reisman gets shot, you see all the blood. Got it. Got if you it. see blood, that's when they start getting a little twitchy. Hmm, interesting. You know? Okay. All like right. People can get beheaded and all that stuff, but if there's blood, oh boy. Interesting. It's really weird. So I was thinking about that near the end of the movie. I was like. This would be R, probably. And those follow-ups would just be fuck-ups. Yeah. <laughs> because they exactly. follow-up. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, you yeah, know yeah. what you're saying. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, now, interestingly, this was also a... Boy, this was the MGM's highest grossing film of the year. So again, this hits... You know, they, they assemble this. And if you... Um, if, I'm assuming you've got some almost cast. If you see, Only two, yeah. Okay. And those, those names point out like yeah they were going again this was the ocean's 11 ensemble sure. blockbuster movie yeah i only stars. saw two for reisman okay um so that's i'm good for production stuff from yeah. there oh, okay yeah uh it was uh what was it clint eastwood was one and then sean connery was the other one. Oh, uh the one i saw was uh arguably one of the biggest names in hollywood at the time was John Wayne. Excuse me, not Clint Eastwood. You're right, John Wayne. Got it. Got so it. John okay. Wayne and, uh, hang on, let me look again. Make sure that that's who the other person was. Uh, I saw one for Maggot. Oh. And of course, now this Go is, ahead, tell, tell yeah. me the one about so, Maggot. You, well, okay, yeah, so we'll do the Maggot one first. So, tell oh, me, oh, Jan, Jack Palance. Yes, yes. <laughs> and who he, objected he, to the racist... Uh, yeah, there's an N-word drop in this movie. I was there like, is. That's when I looked up what this was rated. When sure. he did that, I went, what is this movie rated? Yeah. Oh, it's not. It's oh, not, Because you, yeah. you could get away with whatever. So uh, Jack Palance refused it um, because he didn't like the racism there, mm-hmm. obviously. Um, so I am not surprised. My only surprise when I when I saw John Wayne, you know, con- you know pitched 
you know, he was pitched for Reisman. Uh-huh. My only surprise in that was was that anyone would ever think that John Wayne would do this movie. Right, he was an uber Republican, it, like a hundred percent national, yeah. you know, patriot. You know, like look at the Green Berets. Like John Wayne war movies, the soldiers are clearly heroes. You know, we the United sure. States are the good guys. Whoever we're fighting is the bad guys, and we always fight in a noble way. I am shocked that anyone would ever envision John Wayne taking that role because this is, you know, I think that at the core, that is this movie's message, right? Like war is a horrible thing. And the, you know, the Americans are no, essentially no different than the Nazi soldiers they're fighting. Sure. So yeah, that I chuckled. Uh, John Wayne, I laughed. I just looked at, yeah. I mean, he didn't like the, all that. And I don't see Sean Connery. I don't know where I, what I was reading where Sean Connery was ca- almost cast in something. I wonder if that was. Uh, I wonder if that was. I thought it was sequel? Reisman. No, another Dirty no, Dozen. I didn't. I didn't yeah. uh, no, Dirty Dozen. Uh, what's the second? The second one's got something, and then the last two is Fatal Mission and Final Mission. <laughs> I think, isn't at least and, one of those a TV movie? Uh, I believe Final Mission is with, yeah. and it's Savalas playing the. He is the Reisman character, but he's obviously not Maggot. Because, <laughs> spoiler, Maggot don't make it. Oh, that's crazy. There were a couple people that, like, at the end when they showed all the killed in actions, I was like, when did that person die? When did, what? Yeah, uh, yeah. Discount Henry Cavill, as I'd like to call him for this. Clint Walker? He's discount Henry Cavill. Oh, and no, he totally is. But I mean, <laughs> there you go. But he had like, a, if they he had made a... this today, if it wasn't Henry Cavill, I'm like, guys, you missed the boat. Well, except... It, I mean, arguably, he's not big enough. I mean, like, Cavill's uh, a big guy. I was about to be like, wait, Clint Walker's six six. Yeah, that's what I mean. Cavill's Cavill's six four. Oh, is he? Oh, okay, uh, six three. Okay, don't forget, Ben Affleck is six four and a half. Like, oh, that's, he's a big fucking that's dude. That's true. That's true. So when you're thinking of him, yeah, no, Henry's a big big guy too, in every single aspect of that word. Oh, I don't know about him. penis size. Oh, okay, all right. <laughs> that, that's, where I, that's where I thought you were going. No, uh, uh, and actually, actually, I'm taking a look back at the notes. Now, the the note I see about why Jane, John Wayne said no doesn't address the the how the soldiers or war is viewed in this, mm-hmm. um, which I still think he would not have been on board with. Sure, but apparently, uh, Wikipedia says that it was uh, he objected to the adultery present in the original script. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that his character was supposed to have an affair with a yeah. With an Englishwoman, yeah. <laughs> That's uh, gone from the script. Yep. You know who also didn't like this movie? Lee Marvin. Lee Marvin, he yeah. He hates this movie, apparently. Yeah. But is he not in the second? He's in the second one. I'm sure he is, but I, I'm sure that's also, I'll you know, I'll cash the check. Yeah, it's 18 years later also, so he's, he's getting up there in age. I mean, he's no spring chicken in this movie, but... Yeah, so that's um, another mission. The Dirty Dozen, the deadly mission. Oh, the next mission is eighty-five. Yep. Eighty-five. So yeah. So yeah. So Lee Marvin, Richard Jackal. Mm. Who is that? Which one is Ernie Hudson in? Ernie Hudson is in one. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ, uh, Richard Jackal. Oh, is that is that Borm, um, Boren? The oh, do actual characters return also? Sergeant Boren. Yeah. Oh, is he back? I liked him. He yeah he was he's good. great. He was great. He was really good. Like when he got shot in the raid at the end, I went, oh no. Yeah. <laughs> like everyone else, like, yeah, you guys aren't making it yeah. out of this movie. And he's the only MP that comes along with them. Mm-hmm. You know, for the actual mission. For the mission. mission. Yeah. Uh no, isn't there another one? No. Who's the other guy that gets shot in the head? Wasn't he one of the MPs? No, it's who the hell was that guy? He's another one of the dozen. So here's the problem with this movie. Yeah. One of the problems that I have with it. 
is that they do the whole thing to get them to become the dirty dozen. They don't shave or uh, shower for a good chunk of this movie, so they're all bearded. When it's time for the actual mission, they're all clean shaven. Like, wait, hang on, hang on. I don't recognize you guys anymore because white people all look the same. <laughs> the only one I recognize is Jim Brown. Oh, oh, how dare you? Sir. He's great. He is. Yeah. This. Yeah. All right. So uh, let's let's just let's get in. Yeah. Oh, uh, last last thing, housekeeping wise, uh, uh-huh. IMDb rating. Oh, right. Yeah. Seven point eight. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Seven eight. Yeah. We'll talk at the end. We'll talk at the end. But uh, oh, you know, you know, we. Gift. Gift, anything. Beer. Well, we got to do the beer now. Oh, okay, right. Why did I think that? I mean, it probably was somewhere else, but this yeah. is this is yeah. Patreon. It's Patreon, everything. Fuck it, we'll goes, do yeah. it live. So, since we are guys with beers talking about movies with capes, what are we drinking? So, uh, thank you. You very kindly uh, uh, hit up branching out today. Right, because in like a couple hours, pretty much when we're done, you're heading to, to Connecticut, Connecticut yeah. and you won't be back until next month. <laughs> My wife is a wonderful lady. She is a patron saint. <laughs> Let me get some glasses. All right. So yeah, so I went, I'll, I'll tell this part while you're doing that. Uh, I went and Joel and Carissa were both working and we went through a couple different iterations. We actually ended up with, uh, who did the stuff for Hop Thing? One of theirs. Both these movies are MGM movies, the last two movies that we've done. This won't come out until way after Swamp Thing, but we get to see the high and the low that is MGM. Okay, so keeping our tradition of uh, surprising with the beers, which yes. is a little bit of a fun So I, I literally had a beer on the counter. Chris was about to run it, and Joel just goes, Wait! <laughs> <laughs> and he goes, and he, so what we're going to drink instead of all the other ones is from Captain Lawrence Brewing Company. I love Captain Lawrence Brewing Company. We are drinking mandatory training, <laughs> which we were also trying to find a uh, something with rye in it because of Riceman. Sure, and, sure. And without even knowing, this is a New England IPA featuring rye, malt, Simcoe, and Bravo hops. Brilliant. I mean, that's perfect. That's perfect. Founded in 2006, Captain Lawrence Brewing Company is Westchester's and Hudson Valley's largest craft brewing company. Captain Lawrence boasts a 25,000 square foot brewery, bragging, right. 2,500 square foot beer hall, all right, calm down, <laughs> and a 6,000 square foot outdoor beer garden. Your dick is showing. Well, now I want to go there. <laughs> yeah, that's not far. Beer styles range from hoppy and flavorful IPAs to thirst-quenching beer-aged sour ales. Captain Lawrence distributes domestically up and down the East Coast, as well as internationally to Europe, the UK, Scandinavia, Scandinavia, and part of Europe, Japan. Okay, all right. Uh, Captain Lawrence has won countless accolades, including. 10 GABF medals. Whatever GABF stands for, it doesn't say here. Great American Beer, beer Festival? F- probably, sure, yeah. Wow. Great American Beer Farts. Okay. Holy cow. This beer uh, gives you beer. Thank yeah. you. Um, so this is one of their, this is a limited release. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've had a number of their beers. I've not had this one before. This I am is, really excited. So for this is a New England, and it is uh, 7.5 alcohol. So you'll be good Ooh. to drive. Yeah. All right. Well, listen, good thing uh, we're going to spend a couple of hours talking about this. Um, oh, this is lovely. You know, I just want to point out that, you know, you hear us talk about the, the, the care to which Joel and Carissa and Barley attend our, our beer needs, you know, helping us find these great beers. Uh-huh. If you're just looking for a great beer to drink and you want a great selection, 
you know, they're going to knock it out of the park for you. Tell them what kind of beer you're interested in. Um, they are folks who really know beer yeah. as well as sell beer. And I, yeah. I appreciate that. So, again. He mentioned a beer company and to the point where he's like, I, they've never done wrong with me. And I won't mention the name of the beer. He sure. goes, well, that's not right. There was one beer that was kind of shit. But I'm ah, like. Nice. There you go. Yeah, there you go. All, All right. right. So, well, let me come around. Th- yeah, that is a New England oh, IPA. Let's do this. Oh. Ooh. That is incredibly smooth. The rye, mo- I like rye beers. Mm. It's a different kind of flavor, and boy, that's a nice combination. And Joel didn't even realize it had rye in it, so yeah. kudos to you, Joel. Yeah, holy cow, Joel. Thank you, well Joel done. and Carissa and Barley. Yeah, well Thanks done. for the playtime. Branching out bottle shop in Camillus. Got to mm-hmm. be your stop if you're looking for beer. Holy cow. So this is a man's, man's movie, This right? is a man. Look at the men in this movie. <laughs> this is a man's movie. Two things. Why was Sally Savalas never cast as Lex Luthor? I know, right? Was he an almost cast when we did Spider? Uh, when we did Spider? When we did when we Superman? Did Superman? Was he on that list? He, why wouldn't he be? Well, he looks yeah, fantastic well, with a he, shaved head. Yeah, mm, boy, that's. So while you see, look that, yeah. um, so we went down to Ithaca yesterday to visit uh, Danny's family, and. We did the traditional Italian. We're going to eat dinner at 2 o'clock in the afternoon. So uh, the bean, <laughs> naturally, was hungry when we left at 6.30. Sure. So we stopped at a uh, Scottish burger fast food joint, I guess is going to be the way I'm going to call it, so that we don't get in trouble. Okay. McDonald's. Oh, got, got it. All right. You're welcome. That's funny. <laughs> I saw the confused look like you weren't getting the... Uh, and we got her a uh, a, a, a pleasant... Oh, what's a what's a what's another word for meal? Repast. Okay, uh, we got her a pleasant repast that comes with a uh, toy. Sure. And they asked, "Boy or girl?" Yeah. And I, I went. I hate that question, but yeah. I went. Uh, what are the themes? Right. So okay, yeah, sure. I I understand their themes. She goes, "Boy or girl?" And I went, "Right, we're gonna decide which one." She's going to get based on what the themes are. Can you tell me that? And she told me the two, and I was like, all right, which one? And uh, she chose one of the two. I'm trying to stay vague. So that, sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, people know who we're talking about, but since I don't say the name, they can't come after us. Well, they can't. We can reference. We're not. We're not. I just think it's a little bullshit that we're still in 2020 doing boy or girl toys. I agree 100%. Yeah. I, my favorite is the old meme. I'm sure you've seen it. Uh, uh, the only way that it could be boy or girl toys is if they use their uh, genitalia to work the toy and that means a child should not be playing with it. <laughs> that's true. Really good. But you know, like, that's... That's I mean, fair. That's fair. Oh, that's funny. Uh, all right. Uh, I think... I think that's everything. That, I've had my gripe. Um, let's, uh, let's talk about the old Dirty Dozen. Roll that film. All right. So, I mean, again, this is a night... A 60s movie in all like the look, the title, you know, the, the credits. Sure. Lee Marvin coming in. And uh, if you don't know that you're in for a dark movie, the hanging three minutes into the movie. Yeah. Yes. So, so they're at Marston Tyne Military Prison, U.S. Army ETO, European Theater of Operations. Okay. Thank you. Yep, I, I had a note for that. Which uh, is weird that we start by talking about the European theater and we are never in the the theater of of the World War II during this entire movie. This is a private mission. They they mention D Day. Well, is- well, they're well, yeah. Well, 
so it's um uh, geez and i'm trying to remember is it france they're in france so, so normandy happens in the same country but yeah right because at the end when they're in the thing uh um reinhardt or right right what is his name Reisman. I'm gonna I'm gonna let you know right now. I'm gonna do that a lot because I do not remember <laughs> any of these. I'm just gonna call them by their character names or their actor names yeah. for most of them. So so I, I mean, I guess I'm, I'm I guess I'm not sure if I understand your reference there. I mean, this is this this mission is squarely part of the invasion of Normandy of, of France. Europe. Yeah, yeah of France. Um, but we don't see any other part of it. They're never like, eh, here's, oh, here's, oh, sure. There's while no, this is happening, right, here's, there's no, here's Normandy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah r- right. Right. That, right. Yes. That's fair. That's fair. This is almost the Rogue One of uh, World War II. It, yeah. It really is. It really is. So, um, so this, this uh, army prison that they're at, a uh, military prison, was fictional. That was not a, that was not a place. But, but this idea, I mean, like that is actually in wartime, that is, the job of the army's military police is, you know, they. they is, so is he is uh, is Lee Marvin an MP? Is he part of the MPs? No, 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 no. But no, he. I no, guess he's I'm a, wondering. There's going to be a lot of military questions during this episode. I, I was expecting that. Why does a colonel have to be there at this guy's hanging? Uh, because typically there's a there is a there is a an an officer who oversees the the. The, the carrying out of the sentence. But wouldn't that be the guy they're sitting oh, next to the chaplain? Because w- that guy read oh, him. Oh, you mean, Re- oh, Reisman's there just as a, uh, so so I don't think it serves any point other than, well, what it does is it, if it's, okay, so he, he witnesses, you know, dead man walking, he witnesses the execution, and it's not a, like, you know, noble until the end. Oh, that guy is pleading he's for like his whimpering. Life. I didn't Say, mean to do it. I'll right? never do it I'll again. Is one of the things yeah. he says. I was like, Jesus Christ. So Reisman, um, so Major John Reisman, mm-hmm. Lee Marvin, witnesses the man's death by hang, execution by hanging. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we um, we get a, a, a credit That's when it's London forty four. Yeah, right? and that and it isn't until he then goes to uh, Ernest Borgnine's uh, office. Which I'm sorry, when we watched the trailer for this and Ernest Borgnine's quote is saying, I don't want to be playing a general who's a pencil pusher or sitting behind a desk. I'm like, hey, Ernest, that's what you do most. You do, you do dick in this movie, except, you know, call out orders. Which, you, which is appropriate. Like that's, right, but his yeah. whole thing of being like, I'm not that. I'm like, you're exactly sure. that. Well, you are a general in every other movie. I'm sure, I'm sure he focused on the war game Uh Scenes. He still doesn't do anything. He rides around in a jeep. Sure. Well, uh, he's a general. That's. I'm not. I, yeah. I, I'm fine. I'm fine with what he does in the movie. Just <laughs> the, that's the quote. Like Ernest Borgnine was probably like, yeah. Ooh. So when they they so Borgnine plays um, General Warden, uh-huh. right? So we meet. Um, so Reisman's in London, 1944. Uh, he meets man who he's clearly has a real, you know, friendship with uh, Major Armbruster, who is a total that guy actor. You mean uh, Ed Haken? George Kennedy? Well, who's Ed Haken? It's this character from Naked Gun. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I mean, he's he is an absolute that. I mean, th- everyone in this movie is either a that guy actor or a or a movie star of the time. Oh, but yeah. So, um, question about Ed Haken. Um, that's what major armbruster? Yeah. No. <laughs> major armbrust? That is not his yeah. character's name. His rank is major armbruster. Yeah. So he's the same rank as uh, Yes, they're both majors. Yeah. Okay. 
So what's uh, his relationship to Ernest Borgnine? So uh, Armbruster, to me, looks like a member of the general's staff. Okay. So he's a staff officer, whereas Reisman clearly is a infantry uh I'm assuming he's infantry, and if I got that wrong, somebody's gonna. And, and who's jump the th- who's the fourth guy in the room that clearly wants to sock Lee Marvin right in the face? Yeah, that is General. Uh, that's the other general. Um, oh, he's a general too. Yeah, he's a general. I didn't as well. see. The, I didn't see his stars. Yeah, that is um, one moment. Robert Weber. He is uh, the actor. Robert Weber, total that guy actor. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, uh, he's Very General nice. Denton, and he's a one-star general, I believe. Borgnine is a two. two. Uh, yeah, excuse me, not not Lee. Uh, or, yeah, because um, uh, Charles Bronson sees him. That's right, and <laughs> and he does. He's like, the, oh shit! Yeah. Why why is there a general here? Uh, yeah. So two stars makes him a major general. The one star on. Um, Would you say he's the very model uh, of a modern major general? Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. Uh, general Decker's a one star, or General Denton is a one star. So is that just straight general? Uh, you said major general for. Borgnine is he- uh, bro, technically brigadier general. Okay. So one star is brigadier general, okay. two star is major general, three star is three star is lieutenant general, <laughs> and fourth star is general general is uh, general. So general general. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a in in the yeah the in the traditions of. Uh, so that that's my next question. So they set up this whole thing of. Um, of whether or not Lee's going to be able to take on these these uh, guys. Yeah, so I think that's why I think that's why Reisman witnessed the execution because they want to reinforce this is if these guys don't go on this mission, what you saw is going to happen. Be, yeah. It's going to happen f- uh, five more times, right? Because <laughs> a handful of them are just like have. Ye- yeah, twenty and thirty year sentences. I'm like, so these guys are young; they'll be out. So if you if you saw Suicide Squad, it's the same idea, right? Like, but this, they're they're everyone in Suicide Squad jailed for life. They did not. Sure, they're sure. not going to be killed, but they're in jail for the rest of their life. That's so. right. So, uh, so this is Project Amnesty. Uh, Twelve general prisoners that have been convicted and sentenced to death or long terms of imprisonment for murder, rape, robbery, other crimes of violence. Um, Reisman is going to train them up in the time that he's given uh-huh. in behind-the-lines operations. Um, at that point, just ahead of the European mainland invasion attack, they will uh, enter Brittany, this chateau where the German army is using as like a R- rest and uh, recuperation uh, yeah, it, center. It, it, it's for a their, Nazi B&B. <laughs> it, for their high-level generals. Yeah. Um, that they're, this target they've specified, Overleaf, uh, they will attack and destroy. So and that's a that's a real uh, project. Overleaf was a real mission, right? Uh, so the the inspiration for this book was a story that was accounted. So there was a uh, there was a a real group of behind the lines demolition specialists from the 101st Airborne Division named the Filthy 13. They had oh. kind of a ritual thing of similarly not bathing and grooming ahead of Isn't that what uh, isn't that what Brosnan says he's part of when uh, when they're doing the war game and he the the dickhead colonel there Breed Breed says what's your name rank and serial number and doesn't he say uh, he's- all he all he gives him is 
No, no, no not oh, who, oh, what, yeah. during the actual war game. He gives oh, a real yeah, rank. He, do, he does. Does uh, he say he's part of the fifth? What was it? The hundred the first. Well, the hundred first airborne is a real. Is, I think that's what he says. Well, the hundred. So that's breed. Maybe buzzing the shit. Out yeah, of that's this. fine. That's fine. <laughs> so breed is a colonel. So later right. on, we're going to meet yeah. this character who is the exact opposite of Reisman. So Colonel Breed, and there's an old expression that a, a garrison soldier is a bad field soldier and vice versa. Okay. So Breed is the perfect example of a garrison soldier. His mm-hmm. uniform is crisp, like he's by the book. Uh, the, the appearances matter, whereas Reisman is a field soldier, right? Mm-hmm. He's a combat soldier. Getting the job done it, before what it, you look like. Yep. Exactly, right? Uh, uh, it, so Breed is, the, is a colonel in the 101st Airborne. He runs the jump school that... They are training at right. So he says something else, and he says, "Just got transferred." He right. just got transferred in last week. Mm-hmm. Before, yeah. So my question is: Yes, uh, when they're talking about this, Ed Haken gives some sort <laughs> of just, uh, that's what's going to be, yeah. Because uh, uh, what's his actual character name? Armbr- Major Armbruster. So he's got to be Ed Haken because okay. Armbruster is a little silly. Okay. <laughs> Apologies to anyone who actually has the last that's name Armbruster. Armbruster. Sure. Um, he he gives the idea of some sort of act to be able to um, have yeah. it happen. Yeah, is it weird that uh, uh, a subordinate jumps in with that before the general? It, it doesn't even seem like um, uh, uh, the general is going to have a problem with this plan. He doesn't object to it in any way, and he's like, "Well, we could do this." And I'm like, "Well, here's the thing: uh, the the plan is from above." Borgnine, General Warden. Right. right. So he he has no more, you know, it doesn't matter if that order is coming down from one rank above you or a thousand. It's above you. It's a lawful mm-hmm. order. You carry it out. Um, so he, he, I think he's more wondering like whether he has the ability to do that. And this oh. is Armbruster's job. He's he's one of his aides. Uh, yes, General, you do have the authority. Here's under the thing the, you can do. Under okay. the Visiting Forces Act, you have visiting the ability. Forces, yes. He can't um, pardon their sentences, but he can commute their sentences. Oh, that's what it was. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So, yeah. yeah okay. It, it read more as like, well, you're going to object, but here's the thing. I can help you not object. Okay. Got yeah. That, and and that, is it, that is entirely Armbruster's job is to is to assist Warden in whatever he needs, which could be, you know, advising him on this Visiting Forces Act, which is mm-hmm. a which would be a real thing. And anytime we have forces in, you know, armed forces in uh, on foreign soil, we have uh, basically status of forces agreements that determine things like what happens when military members break the law, who has mm-hmm. jurisdiction, all those kinds of things. So that's entirely appropriate for Armbruster to be having that conversation with him. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, pretty much in this scene, the easiest way to describe it is if they do a good job, they're free. If they do a bad job, they're dead. <laughs> right. Yeah, so this is – yeah, so th- that's the, the nuance, right? So Reisman points out – so he's not – he is not on board or thrilled about this. Uh, he says that he's being volunt- – he says that he's volunteering. Uh, <laughs> right like, now, in my ter- in my day, the term was voluntold. Have you heard that? Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah I was, that's I was vol- what happens here. I was voluntold that I was going to go do that. Yeah. Uh, can we talk about salutes for a second? Sure. What's Their your question? Salutes looked real sloppy. Like so- especially Lee Marvin's. He's almost like this. <laughs> like cup. I thought it was supposed to be a straight hand. It is a straight and hand. It is- 
It's a straight hand to either the edge of the the brim of your eyewear uh-huh. uh, of your headwear, and if you're not wearing anything, then to the edge of your mm-hmm. eyebrow. So that's that's right. What I'm doing right now, it, it is. But yes. he's going like, <laughs> it's almost like I hate to do the analogy, but Nazis. Oh. You know, when they're around uh, an SS, hey, hell it, me, man. it's up high. But yeah. when it's like just a couple guys, are like uh, Jerry Seinfeld has a great bit about it. We're just like, yeah, Heil. Uh, it's just up I mean, to the side. We've been, you and I have been laughing about Jojo Rabbit <laughs> the last week because I've seen, I finally saw it. Heil Hitler. Heil what, Hitler. That Heil Hitler. one of the best uh, uh, scenes. Of the so, movie. is it just me? Did did the military guy and you? Did you? Were you like those? So, I mean, it, it, it's weird because his salute got better as the movie went on. It's almost like they saw the dailies and like, Lee, can you come over here for a second? Well, I mean, again, I think it's obvious that Reisman has doesn't have a whole lot of belief in the in the trappings right yeah so i think you're seeing that i think you're seeing that and and you know breed is a colonel breed is a perfect foil to (laughs) him because he he is the exact opposite in in every way right like his uniform is crisp right like it's it's buck it's buttoned and tucked in straight lines he's wearing the gloves and his 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 uh, hair's the 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 service cap is just so. Uh-huh. Whereas Marvin is, as we'll see when Breed uh, takes over Marvin's training, Reisman's training compound. <laughs> Reisman is a Reisman's a field soldier, right? Mm-hmm. He's got a job, and that's what he's going to do. And and he's just the perfect foil. I was thinking about that. So first of all, I can't tell you how many times I've seen this movie. Sure. I love this movie. Uh-huh. Um, but again, every time we watch a movie, even if we've seen it many times before, it's always a different perspective when we're watching it for the for the the uh the show the, the podcast, podcast yeah yeah so what are we calling this um but you know i was thinking about that point of do you need the war games in the in the movie like that whole sequence you do and we can talk about it later or whatever but I, I i agree with you you do yeah you you do but it's the perfect opportunity to show that Reisman is the guy who gets the job done mm-hmm. you know <laughs> and and breed is probably the officer that that runs a training school if you've seen band of brothers which is another and again bookends in terms of how they view war and the conflict and everything sure. and I love both of those properties but um you know uh, Breed is much more like Lieutenant Sobel, David Schwimmer's character, uh-huh. who would be a horrible officer to command men in combat, right? But was very effective running a training school. Sure, and and I think that's that's perfect. Yeah, I, I, you know, I gravitate towards you know Reisman in Band of Brothers towards um, Lieutenant Winters. You know the the right. Sobels, the breeds of the world. You know, get under my skin to no end. Sure, but this so I, I so one of the many times I'm going to gush over this movie. I just love they perfectly have that counterbalance. And also, kudos to the actor who plays Breed. He plays him perfect. How Robert Ryan? There you go. There's Ryan. There's a Ryan. Yeah, there he is. <laughs> Total that guy actor, right? I mean, nominated for an Oscar. Mm-hmm. Um. 91 film credits. His last movie, Executive Action, uh, in 1973. He was in The Iceman Cometh in 73. Wow. Um, But uh, yeah, 91 credits. The first one is, it's got to be 40s. 1940, The Ghost Breakers. Yeah. Ghost 
Ghostbusters. Ghost Breakers, yeah. But I mean, the break ghosts. He he is just wonderful. Yeah, he's very good. Everyone's it, the the only thing is, uh, while we're on military stuff, would a military man mm-hmm. such as Breed have the haircut that he does? It uh, seemed there's a couple of haircuts in this. I went, well, well, sixties are showing. No, I mean they're they're appropriate. It's so it just seems a little long. So, like on the dirty dozen, I got it. Like they're yeah. just like. <laughs> Fuck so, everything. Yeah, so uh, so I'm sure the regulation has changed. Mm-hmm. Um, but generally, like now, or when I was in, um, it can't touch your ears. Sure. Uh, it, um, you know, there's a, it, it can't interfere with the wear of the headgear. You know, the grooming, he's almost wearing, he's almost wearing brill cream. It's not that thick, right. but it's, om- but it's at I guess that in level. the in the scene where he takes over the, the training compound. And, and he jumps to the ground, which we'll get to why he does when we get to that scene. Uh, when he pops his head back up, his hair almost like got in his face. And I was like, huh, he, his hair seems a little long. So he's also a colonel, right? So there's a little bit of RHIP, right? I don't know what that R- is. Uh, rank, ha- rank hath its privileges. <laughs> um, but I don't, I don't think that's out of right. Like I never okay. I never looked at that as like, ooh, that's... That like obviously fine. Donald Sutherland's hair is... <laughs> Not yeah, at all. Yeah, and you know they were they were prisoners. You know, what, there's some things they get really, really well, right? Like I love the uh, the, the actually I, I say that like there's some there's stuff that they don't get well. They, I love the way. All right, so let, actually let's let's jump ahead now. So Reisman then drives the jeep back to the prison where he saw the execution. Right, MPs perfectly. Perfect. They got the perfect look. The white helmets, the white mm-hmm. spats, mm-hmm. right? Um, Sergeant Bowren, uh, Richard Jackal, that we we talked about, um, receives him. So good. And he has the prisoners fall in. So they are prisoners. They have no rank. And do they fall in right away? No, they're nope. Their discipline is they exactly what you would expect. Condemned men. Yeah. I, mumbling the entire way. Now, what prisoner is uh, named first? Do you recall? It was Franco. Franco. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and at this point, at this point, we get the title and credits. Right. When they're going into rank. And, uh, That's right. Uh, what, is there a reason that Lee Mar- uh, Marvin makes him line up in height? Is there any reason? That, yeah. That's how you fall in. So, But the, initially, they don't. Yeah, so, um, uh, again, they should. So, fall in, you should be. Rank and file, right? No, it's oh um, well. I guess they're all. Are they all just well? Privates? They're all well. They're no, no. They are prisoners. They have no rank. But I mean, when they did, uh, it it's never really discussed what their rank was before. Right, you're y- you're stripped of your rank when you're in prison. That's, that's right. Talk to me on Star Trek. Thank you very much. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, when you fall in though, it's it's shortest to tallest. Yeah. Well, and that one dude, Clint Walker. Woo. Yeah, he's is a tall drink he of water. Is a tall guy. Holy cow! And he just looks like. Like, oh, you peeled him away from the Western long enough to get him into a World War II movie, right? Like, he looks like a guy, and I believe he was a Native American. He was very proud of his Native American heritage. Um, yep. I think but, I uh, remember that. Isn't he's got that look. Of, isn't there some sort of reference to that in the movie? When they're doing the rope climbing, don't they point out some sort of Apache or Navajo? They might. Yeah, There's a kick to it. Yeah. <laughs> it's not a very good one, but... yeah. Uh, so, uh, of the of the twelve, the dozen uh, who are not yet dirty, um, five of them are sentenced uh, to death. That's Franco. Yeah. Uh, when did what? What's Franco's reason? Uh, sentencing for? 
So he. Why don't we say? It? I know it's not said until they're in the. Yeah, prison. that's all right. So we're gonna go actually. Because um, we it, don't it's know the very next scene, but we don't know everybody's reason for being in jail, do we? So we only know the important ones, and and <laughs> right, actually not even of, all of. There's a couple of fathers in there. You're just like you're not gonna make it. You're not gonna make it. Yeah. Listen, all twelve are not equal. All twelve of these are are not on the same level. Uh, so Franco um, is from Chicago, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, and basically, as soon as he got to England, he um, formed up with some other no goods and robbed a shopkeeper. Oh, I missed that armed okay. robbery, and I think he killed the. the sh- I think there was a death. So, Dude. so he's sentenced to death. Um, yeah, Vladislaw, Vladislaw, <laughs> who's probably my favorite character. Uh, is that Bronson? It's Charles Bronson. Bronson, excuse me. Yeah, yeah. he's great. Was an officer. Oh right! And do you remember why he was what? So no, he, I, I got to tell you, the yeah. first half of this movie, the first hour of this movie, I watched last night when we got mm. back from Ithaca, and there were parts of it where I was just listening. in and out of it. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> I was just like, I'd be like, something big would happen, and I'd go, "Oh, my eyes were closed. I need to stop." <laughs> so Vladislaw was an officer. Okay, and one uh, his unit was pinned down under. Oh, the that's most, right. And the medic ran away, and he the shot the guy who had the medic. Yeah, mm-hmm. shot him in the back, and. <laughs> Lee Marvin's as you he's have leaving the cell. See it. That's right. You made one mistake. You got caught doing it, right? <laughs> yeah, you, yeah. Let, you let someone see, see you do, do it. it. Yeah, it's fucking great. Um, uh, Maggot, Telly Savalas. Who loves you, baby? Oh, boy. What a. Nobody loves Maggot. I'll tell you that much. Nobody loves Maggot. Yeah. Uh, killed a woman. Violently killed a woman. But right? did not rape her. Did he's it? very clear on that. He's like, yeah, I killed her, but I didn't rape her. I'm like, oh. that's right. Uh, and he has this good rel- for you. This religious, like jihadist kind of crusader fervency. Yeah, are they to making his- him a little darker in this movie, or is it just the lighting? He seemed like the makeup on him was. I mean, he's supposed to be sinister. Yeah, is, and, it, is and- it more that like? Yeah. No, and- uh, I think this is a good time to. So you have a problem with Jeremy Renner's hands? Okay. Yes. Who's- you have a weird thing with? Uh- wait, 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 wait. I'm sorry. Normal normal people have a problem with Jeremy Renner's hands. They're club they're club they're, fingers. They're, yeah. they're they're yes. Yeah, that's what they're called. Club fingers. Yeah. Well, I don't mean that as a yeah, but I don't want to offend people who have club fingers. He's I don't think he's human. He's he's a little grotesque. And you are weirded out about Daryl Hannah's missing a, her index finger. I'm just fascinated how she's been able to hide that forever. Do you, did you catch Telly Savalas's? No. <gasps> and you've seen this movie so many times. Yeah. When he's up on the uh, in the watchtower when all the prostitutes come. Yeah. And he, Ladies he gra- of the night. He grabs one side of the banister like this, and he goes like this, and it is. Oh, <gasps> he's missing. No, it's deformed. It's like it grows to he's here, got and then and then it has a uh, fingernail to it. Go and look it up real quick. What? I am shocked. You've never seen this. I... I'm so excited. Oh my. He must hide it really well. But I mean, for him to grab both things, I was Telly like, Savalas short finger. Yeah, it's his, it's his, it's yeah. a. There's a bunch of different stories of how he lost it: a grenade, uh, a rat chewed him when he was a kid. But it's got a fingernail, so I think it's a birth defect. Yeah. Wow. Because if it has a fingernail, that's just how he was born. Sure. Uh, so uh, so we were. Oh Jesus Christ! You're right. Oh oh oh! It's oh that's not good. Um, oh, I don't need to see that. Don't Google that. It's. That's because it's like all of a sudden tiny at the end. Like uh-huh. it's not. The, but you you saw the fingernail. Yeah, there. yeah. Well, so I, I think it's a birth defect. Oh yeah. Okay. Um, but I did see a note we were we were talking chatting earlier about about Telly Savalas. Uh, 
Lex Luthor's appearance in the DC animated universe was partly based on actor Telly Savalas and his portrayal of the 007 villain Blofeld on Her Majesty's oh, right. Secret he Service was a Blofeld. He was one of the yeah. Blofelds. Um, I see that. And you know who did the voice of him was... Um, Clancy Brown. Mm, Clancy Brown. Who, the Kurgan. Oh, God, he's so good. Uh, Highlander. I'll probably drop that. Actually, I'm going to have to drop that in because I love that fucking movie. I have something to say. It's better to burn out than to fade away. Have you ever seen Highlander? Yes. Okay. Damn it. There can only be one. There can only be one. Um, all right. So all I wrote for Maggot was, oh boy, Maggot. <laughs> like, oh boy. You know that that scene in his jail cell because like you get an idea of the characters in the lineup. But and when it, he goes yeah. and you're like, oh, these are the important characters. The important that one, when he got to Maggot, I was like, and they were so nonchalant about the fact that he raped this woman. Yeah. Well, uh, that he killed the woman. But 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 he was sentenced for rape too, and he his oh, whole and he thing was not, sure sure. Yeah, he's like, no, I killed her, but I didn't rape I didn't her. Rape her, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, and he's a religious uh, zealot. Um, so Maggot's also sentenced to death. Posey, Clint Walker, sentenced to death. Now we don't, we won't hear it in the prison, but we'll hear it later in the training. We find out why. Do you remember why he? Yeah, people were pushing him, and he I don't, I don't like being pushed. <laughs> he kept pushing me, and yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah he's so, great. And, and what? And yeah. So sorry, I interrupted. Uh, so he 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 does he kill someone by accident? One punch. One punch and he kills a guy, yeah. Knocks, uh, drives the guy's uh, jaw oh, throw, into, <laughs> into his brain or his spine. Is he yeah. a fucking punisher? But he's a fucking monster. Right? Oh, he's a, in, he's in, a giant, In the giant era man. before, like, steroids and stuff. Like, in the era, like, he is a naturally giant guy. He's 6'6". Six, six. Yeah, oh, yeah, right? So, yeah. That's crazy. That's crazy. And, uh, and then uh, one more uh, death sentence is... Jefferson, Jim Brown, Jim Brown, who's oh his scene in the uh, uh, in his prison cell is completely anachronistic, but uh, it's just talking about the civil rights era. Like oh sure, the way he's talking to him, I'm like yeah, this isn't how they talked in the forties, right. but I'm okay with it. <laughs> uh, again, defending himself against being killed or mm-hmm. ma- or or horribly assaulted. Yeah, by it's some it's racist. the bullshit reason that uh um. Uh, Nicholas Cage is sentenced to death in, um, or sentenced to jail in uh, Con Air. That's right. That's right. Defending himself, yeah. and the guy's like, "Well, you're listed. You're a Green Beret, so you're listed as a lethal weapon." That's not it's how not that works thing. at all. Uh, no, that's not a thing. Uh, so yeah, so of the dozen, five are sentenced to death. The other seven are imprint- sentenced for periods of, I think it's twenty to thirty years. Yeah, some are tw- a couple of them are twenty. <laughs> Wait, what? Yeah, some of you only got twenty years. Calm down, you're fine. We get caught laundering money. We're not going to white collar resort prison. No, no, no. We're going to federal pound me in the ass prison. Uh, no, I. Yeah. I'm, okay, all right. Okay. All right. Uh, yeah. So I would not want to spend twenty years in jail, but I'm just. <laughs> I'm saying. I right. thought they were all death sentences. So when they started, when they started reading off their sentences, I'm like, yeah, we know they're all sentenced to death. Wait, what? That's right. So these people aren't going to die. Uh, now, Franco, the first, the first guy named, um, is also the person who. Uh, he's their rules lawyer or their barracks lawyer, right? Right. He knows the rules. Condemned men don't have to drill. And he's right, right? Um, you know, another, I think, very interesting look at the inside the, the aspects of military prisoners and sure. military justice uh-huh. is um, in Robert Redford's The Last Castle yep. with the Hulk, Mark Ruffalo. 
Mark Ruffalo and Tony uh, and Gandolfini. Yeah, Tony, Tony Soprano. Tony Gandolfini. Yeah, I mean, you know, just combine it. Yeah, uh, but yeah, phenomenal movie. But but again, yeah. same thing, right? Like it, it's this very interesting, really small niche. Like mm-hmm. the military controls its prisoners. Uh, Hearts War. Also. Oh yeah, that's right. Bruce Willis and that's uh, a sleeper movie. Yeah, right. Colin yeah. Farrell. Yep. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, Terrence Howard. Oh, I don't even remember him in yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, hmm. let's see. Uh, Reisman, Reisman so they go threatens Franco. Him. Franco attacks. Right, Reisman beats him. I mean, this is this is the trope of I'm the leader and I can take any guy. It's the alpha. Group. It's totally the yeah. alpha moment. Which yeah. which has nothing to do with military leadership or command. It's very much a very now, much what a, if, a what fictional if this, trope. Yeah, in real life, if if Franco had come after Reisman and Reisman had punched him like he does and knocked him to the ground, would there be any kind of uh, uh, any kind of What's the word I'm looking for? Repercussions. What, yeah, repercussions for. for he's he's Reisman. already been, he's already been. Oh, for Reisman. Yeah, for striking. A, even though he's a prisoner. Well, so self defense. He would just yeah. Claim self-defense. Well, I mean, listen. You know, Reisman could be in trouble, like putting himself in that situation. Uh, I'll tell you the one that he probably would not get away with, and Lee Marvin says it's a bullshit scene. Is when he gets uh Big boy to uh, attack him. I'm like, Posey? this is bullshit. No yeah. way. Yeah, Lee, Lee Marvin, the actor, did not like yeah. that. Lee scene. Marvin, the actor, yeah. is full on said, this would have never happened. Yeah. And you know what the director's response was? Well, by the end of the movie, after all the explosions you have at the end, uh, <laughs> you know, the, uh, the audience is going to be forgotten about this. Yeah. That's Michael the, Bay mentality. The, it, it really is. I mean, that's the myth of, that's the myth of like with proper, with proper training, the smallest guy can take out the largest guy. Mm-hmm. No. Only if the large guy has a glass jaw and is exceptionally slow. Yeah, that guy is like, a shit brick house. Yeah, yeah. That's fair. That's 100% fair. So, um, you know, what we're doing is setting up this, really the dynamic of the group here. And that's what's important in the scene is about. So we have this and then we have, we have you know, they're starting their training, but intermittent is the uh, psyche valves of all these people. Oh, Jesus. It really reminded me of, speaking of Michael Bay, um, um, Armageddon. Oh, that's right. None of these guys should oh be doing God. anything. That's hilarious. Military. I'm like, these guys are fucking psychos. Yeah. So plot wise, so Reisman gets them in inside the prison. He's got just the dozen. Mm-hmm. Orders the guards out, and then he's talking to. Uh, wait, does he order the? Yeah, he yeah. orders. Oh, the yeah, one hundred percent. This is where Maggot drops the N word, um, and then Jim Brown. Beats the shit out of him as yeah. well. He should. Uh, yeah. Uh, at which we see Sergeant Bowren, the the sergeant of the MPs, uh, starts talking about the Chicago pitching uh, pitching staff. Right. Mm-hmm. Like uh, it's it's pretty good. And uh, Jim Brown played for the Browns. He played for the Cleveland Browns. Yeah. Yeah. And, in and fact, this almost it, uh, the production got delayed. I'm thinking probably because of Lee Marvin well, and his drinking habits. Jim Brown reti- announced his retirement during the making of this film. But didn't he play one more season? Mm. I thought he played one more season, or what did he? I No, I think... Oh, wow. I think that... Uh, Spike, and again, I'm on the Wikipedia page for the film. In Spike Lee's 20, 2002 documentary, Jim Brown, All-American... Uh, Art Modell, the owner of the Browns, admitted he made a huge mistake in forcing Jim Brown to choose between football and Hollywood. He said if he had to do it over again, he would never have made such a demand. Uh, Modell fined Jim Brown the equivalent of over $100 per day, a fine which Brown said that today wouldn't even buy the donuts for the team. Oh, let, oh let's see when he, you know what, maybe he did. 
I wonder if I that press conference was was um, post. Like, no, I thought it was almost like like a bar, like a. Well, I'm still here. Okay. Uh, let's see, Cleveland Browns. Where are we? Uh, no career history. The Browns, fifty-seven to sixty-five. And this came out in sixties. Came out in sixty-seven. They probably filmed in sixty-six. I'll bet you this was the end of his career. Wow. Yeah. I mean, it's a good movie to you know. There, I I can think of if I spend a minute, I can think of other people that had to choose between one thing and another, movie to movie more. And you're like, that's that's, that's what you that's put, the yeah, thing. Sure. This is yeah. Jim Brown does a great job in this movie. He's, he's great. Jefferson. Yeah, I mean, I to be him. fair, aside from this, the only thing I can think of that I know Jim Brown from is uh, Mars Tax. Yes. As the as Pam Greer's ex-husband. Yeah. And uh, he was an early commenter when UFC, UFC when it was in its infancy. Oh, really? Yeah. He didn't like it? He No, no. I mean, like oh, a, com- a commenter, a, like an, the on-air commentator. Commentator. Yeah. Oh, commentator? Oh, yeah, sure. Commenter, commenter would be saying something oh, sure. negative. Like a social guy. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah. oh, what? You didn't like it? Oh, no, no, no. No, and I think they specifically, if I remember right, I think he was part of the color commentary for racist. UFC 1. Yeah. You racist. I know, right? Color commentary. Uh, How dare great you? Great Jim Brown. Syracuse. Did he have to sit far away from the other? I'm sorry. Boy, you're real. you, were, you were committed to that one. Um, yeah, so... Reisman basically he Syracuse. Made, you were going to say something about Syracuse. Yeah, he's a, yeah, he's a football player at Syracuse. He oh, played, he was. Wait, you didn't know that he played football and lacrosse at Syracuse. Yeah, yeah. So okay. So he, um, yeah, he's one of the legends of uh, Syracuse football. Todd, come on, you know me. I know. You're lucky. I knew he played for the Cleveland Browns. Y- yeah. Um, the Carrier Dome has an 800-square-foot tapestry depicting Brown in football and lacrosse, lacrosse uniforms with the world's greatest player ever. Yeah. Well, the Carrier Dome's... Yeah, God, but it's going to be a fucking monstrosity when they're done. Oh, I don't know. Have you seen the outer... No. Oh, uh, it's... I'm not a... I, you know, in the, in the town versus gown um, competition, I'm always town. Like, I'm not an SU guy, but, you know, all right. But you know what I'm talking about? The... The... the Getting rid of the dome, right? Because yeah, because and it, they've already started building the outside. I saw it the other night, and I was like, I don't Boy, know. I mean, I guess the, the channels, you know, in Syracuse, I feel like you really want a covered facility. It's like, still going to be covered. Oh, okay, but it's not going to have. It's going to, but it's going to have a full cover instead of the. The problem was is when it got covered in snow, it was impossible to, and it's collapsed four times. Huh. And it's it. <laughs> I'm older than the Carrier Dome. <laughs> All right, Carrier Dome was eighty three, I think. You're older. You can't. I, no, you're not older than it. If it came out in 83 and I was t- born in 81, I am older than. This is basic math, Todd. No, you're not old. Oh, you are older than the dome. Sorry. There I thought you were saying go. the dome was. Uh, sorry. Yep. No, nope, yep. that's not at all what I said. Nope. You're, no, you're right. You're 100% correct. So getting back to the movie. <laughs> so basically, Reisman gives them the offer. And, you know, it's one of those. So he's very smart to get the deal with General Warden. Because sure. as he was pointing out in the briefing, like this mission is basically a suicide mission for a a squad size group. So you're some sort of a suicide squad. So, uh, you know, it's essentially a suicide mission. Why, but why, Uh why, you know, why do that? If you're already sentenced to die now, it is a, it is a, it's a different question. If you, to your point, 20 years, do you, do you make that cost benefit uh, analysis? But by getting the idea that if you do this, 
your sentences are commuted, boy, that's the great the the ultimate carrot. So despite any misgivings the group has, sure. they're in. And I love that they don't explain to us why they're like obviously the paratrooper side of it. We know why because that's how you get behind enemy lines during this sure, war. Sure. But the climbing the rope, I was like, why do they have to climb? Oh, they're trying to figure out who's the fastest to get. To it, get was, yeah. it was a great little nugget. Sure. I don't know, 40 minutes into this film that doesn't pay off till the end. I was like, oh, I see and, why. And the, the rhyme, not part of the novel, mm. written for the movie. Oh, it's and great. I, and I think one of the great. So, and the, I, and the 14, I, or is it 16 steps? It's yeah. uh, 16 steps. Yeah. 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 Uh, but when. Uh, when Lee Marvin's trying to get the, the guy to climb up that rope faster. H- Jimenez. Jimenez, when he shoots at him. Which uh, he's also shooting at MPs. Like yeah. those guys have to be like, hey, asshole. The, yeah, th- there's a there are there are absolutely moments where just this you just have to hand wave. There, there's definitely Michael Bay moments throughout this, hundred yeah, percent. So this is borderline proto Michael Bay. Sure. That's fair. Um so they so Reisman takes the group with a detachment of MPs led by Sergeant Boren. Uh-huh. Um, they take them out of the military prison and they go to the base, which is, I don't believe is named where Colonel Breed is running the jump school, the parachute, parachute school, because uh, eventually they need to learn that. But it's, but it's so like, yeah, we'll get to that. Like, I, I feel like that's a pretty important part. Of, well, it doesn't work out so well for Jimenez. Uh, I think that was actually, I think that might've been like, he had other commitments. I think like he had to end his time on the film. I think that was actually a meta scheduling thing. No. Yeah. I totally thought Jimenez was going to show up at the end, like I, having like, it is me. No, like no, 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 not Mission Impossible. Oh, that no, been no. Great. But like a, uh, he, he kind of, who, who are the two that say that he's dead? Jim Brown and. Is it Vladislaw? Yeah. Uh, Cause he's like, well, that's kind of what a broken neck means. Yeah, that, that's right. <laughs> but yeah. I expected him to show up like sitting, like at the end of the Dark Knight Rises, sitting in a cafe, like I got away, not having to do anything. Like yeah. he paid them off or something. No, I think. Uh, so that guy. <laughs> I, I think he, I, I think there was like a scheduling or something. I think that came down to like he he had to leave the production. That's. And because he. Fucking crazy. Not only does he die off camera, we don't see his. Well, that's what we, made me think we, he. We w- see a body, right? Nope. No, we see something hung we up. Literally, they, they show up. 20 minutes late and he he chastised that's him right. for being late he goes well we found him and his, his neck's broken you mean he's dead well that's what that's, what I mean. that's right so all right so back to where yeah. we are in the movie sorry no that's fine that's fine so uh now we get the now so this is the this is one of the things i love about this movie mm-hmm. and i and i wonder if the mgm you know let's be honest we've talked i think we've talked about our our distaste for marketing folks yeah. who fuck us over with trailers right because that's the, not the, the trailer for this movie sans ernest borgnine's yeah you know what movie you're getting when you watch that right. trailer. but actually I, you don't i'm sorry you don't because i thought this was gonna be like the, war is great yeah, yeah it the, is so the Ooh. so one of the places in which i feel like i wonder if the mgm side of the production didn't know what they were exactly working with mm-hmm. the there are times in the movie where you get the it, it might as well be Steve Rogers sitting watching the war role footage uh-huh. when it's like that kind of like national like bum, bum, dun, 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 like it's that 100%, positive music percent yeah yeah um, and the construction montage so basically the the dirty the the prisoners have to build their own training compound mm-hmm. which includes by the way 
basically fencing themselves in because they're prisoners. Right, because uh, um, Franco Franco steals the wire cutters. The wire cutters. Oh, I wonder what he's going to do with those. Yeah, and Reisman lays down the law in that first briefing back in the prison. If one of you screws up, you're all you all go back for immediate, mm-hmm. uh, you know, execution, execution of your or, sentences. Or, or your, yeah, yeah, a hundred percent. Whether it's an actual execution <laughs> or you're just in jail, yeah, right. Execution in the sense of carrying out. Yeah, um, uh, yeah. Is this a is this a military thing when they're talking about shaving? And they so kind, let me. Yeah. They pretty much equate shaving to taking a shower. So yes, so is that, that a military thing? Because I don't one hundred percent. Okay, because I'm like, uh, there are days where I don't shave. So let but me, I've showered. Yeah. So I had a reaction to that, and I and if you were going to bring it up, I was going to talk about it. Okay. So in my opinion, the only thing worse than field hygiene, which mm-hmm. is you know showering from a lister bag, uh huh, you know, barely field shaving. Clean, yeah. The only thing worse than field hygiene is not field hygiening. <laughs> Right, like it's the it's the worst. Yeah. But but um, the you know regs say like even in the field every twenty four hours you have to you're expected to conduct field hygiene, shower and shave, or yeah. like clean and shave because you can't always shower, right? You can't all yeah from a practical perspective no, but you know like big deal in training like when you go into the field like the lister bag is literally like the big canvas bag that fills with water. Yeah, it's, and a, it's got like it's a, a bladder. It's a bladder, yeah, and you 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 like push the buttons for some water to come out, and you you wet yourself, you soap up, then you get more water nope. to lather. It oh, it sucks. But again, the only thing worse than that it is not. not doing that when you're in the field. Gotcha. Right? So there's a few reasons why we field hygiene. One is uh, prevent the spread of disease. Right? Sure, hygiene's a critical part in that. Something as stupid as um, jock itch mm. or trench foot, like like. Those kinds of um, well, what's health conditions. Trench foot and athlete's foot. Trench uh, trench foot is a cold is a cold weather injury of the feet. Athlete's foot, jock itch are the. Are, oh, sure, I know athlete's yeah. foot, but what's yeah? What tr- is- trench foot is when you're basically when your feet are cold and wet for a long time, and it it can be incredibly serious. But all of them have the same theme, and it's all one of the reasons why field hygiene is mandatory. Mm-hmm. Is, I mean. From some angle, if I get shot in the arm and I'm wounded or I'm unable to fight because I have, you know, trench foot, yeah, okay. I'm, I'm out of, you know, that jeopardizes the, the unit, the mission, regardless of whether it's a bullet or, or fungus. Gotcha. So there's an element of field hygiene that is about ensuring the health of your troops, yeah. right? There's also an element of field hygiene, which is about... Um, morale and discipline. Mm-hmm. And both of those are reinforced. And as silly as it sounds, as much as I hated doing it and think it was stupid, mm-hmm. when I was in the field for exercises and we had to do field hygiene and shave and stuff, you're like, this is ridiculous. I'm in the field. But you shave and it does kind of bring back a little bit of that, oh yeah, that's right. I wear a uniform. I'm a sure. professional military mm-hmm. man. You know what I mean? Like, th- th- it does do that. So, okay. <clears throat> you know, it's funny. So, the 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 title the title not, moniker for the group the dirty dozen <laughs> comes out because they're in the field uh, they're forced to build their own compound which makes perfect sense under the armed watch of the MPs yeah and right? they they refuse to shower or shave which, which so is not who, a, uh, it's uh, the head Franco fr- no no the head uh, Sergeant MP Bowen Bowen is the one who says <laughs> says the title of the movie he does um, but 
you know, Franco hits in exactly the so the the dynamic that we see develop. Franco, the most morally bankrupt character of all of them. <laughs> and, and I would say, you know, Maggot's a different Maggot is self-righteous, even though he's clearly evil. But you know, Franco, the most morally bankrupt character, sure, assumes this this role of leadership. Yeah. Um and you know, rallies the group. And it's the exact reason why in basic training you get your head shaved, right? Mm-hmm. It's that kind of You're all the same. You, yep. You're you're all the same. And shared for lack of a better word, shared trauma can <laughs> help def- like unify a group and a, and develop a group identity. Would you say that Franco's the leader or more just kind of the he's the instigator, I feel like. So he he's serving a leadership function. Clearly, barely. Yeah, clearly. Of all of the twelve, the one who's the closest to an actual leadership role is Vladislaw. Sure, right. Yeah. And he's the one that goes with. Uh, he goes with Reisman, right? Because mm-hmm. he speak he speaks German because his his Polish father, uh-huh. a minor, which mapped with Charles Bronson's life. Right. His actual his his real life dad was not in Poland. It was in Pennsylvania. I believe. Nope. Oh. It was. Uh, Oh, Bronson was it worked in a coal mine in Bronson did in yeah. Pennsylvania, in but his dad Lithuania, Lithuania. Thank you. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, so I, you, you know, but but Franco serves the role of leading in a with a lowercase L leadership, <laughs> but leadership not because of a role, be, but because you are active in leading a group of people. You know what I would say is that he's a leadership in that he's constantly reminding the guys of the mission. Like when in a in a scene or two, Breed is like, you know, tell us this. Don't tell him nothing. He's the guy's like, we we can't let any of the secrets out. He doesn't it, care about Well, I would suggest he doesn't care about the mission at all. He is He doesn't he, he cares about not going back to jail. He knows he, if if they yeah, let any of that out. Yeah. It's jail time again. He's re- he is responsible for bringing the group together as a single team. Mm-hmm. That is one hundred percent Franco. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Now he's doing it for his own self interest, clearly, because he's going to in a minute he's going to ru- try and run out on them. But <laughs> oh man! But he, you know, Franco is that kind of like he's the he's the catalyst that brings them together as a group. Right. And uh, what I love about that, while. We're talking about it. Franco's yeah. escape. So Franco sneaks out, and is it's Jim Brown and Vladislaw. Oh, well, it is. It is. Yeah. Realize well, it. The first, first, it's the two of them, but they're joined by a third member, <laughs> who is the, exactly the person you want if things might get physical. Right. I my favorite part Clint of that is Walker posing. When, is, it, is it Jim Brown that just kind of backslaps Franco? Uh, what are they just kind of goes? I think that's I think that's Vladislav backs backhands him. Oh my god! But it's like it's not even like a full like wind up. It's just like a, stop it. It, it. it really is. Uh, stop Franco being, is you're hysterical right now. Absolutely. Like he actually <laughs> doesn't he actually like literally hand over the wire cutters to eventually. Jim Brown. Yeah, to eventually. Jefferson? Yeah, and yeah. as they're like kind of bringing him back to uh, to the to their barracks, uh, I loved Lee Marvin's and what what happened? He slipped on some soap. Okay. Yeah, that's right. That's right. That's right. So, um, which is played off later with a with a great joke. A lot you know? of that going around lately. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the and 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 I missed that. I missed it. Uh, so we we'll get there. Hang the on. first time we get there, the first time that is 
Oh, no, I'm sorry. I'm thinking of a different reference. But yeah, that's like the the common cliche, right? Like, mm-hmm. oh, I slipped on a bar. What, all those, all that facial bruising? Yeah, I slipped on a bar. Yeah, you <laughs> slipped, slipped in it's the shower. Very, it's right? very prisoner, yeah. Yeah, 100%. Uh, you don't tell them nothing, right? So so I just want to finish that point. So the Dirty Dozen, just in case you haven't seen this movie, which if you haven't, go see it. Yeah, this is definitely, I, I would recommend seeing this. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so Franco unites them. Mm-hmm. The, it's not that there is... It's not that they are in true field conditions where there's no other options. The mil- the MPs have hot water. Yep. They have the ability to That's one of the GI- things that they, yeah. they, they gripe about. They don't have hot water. And, and that's what... So Franco's saying, like, why do we have to go through this charade? The hot water's right there. You guys are all using it. So if you're not, you know, if... if why are we doing this? And, right. And that's when Sergeant Boren gives them the title. You're 100% correct. Yeah. So um, you... Dirty dozen. Yeah, well, he's great. It, he really is. He really like yeah. like I said. I, Wait, let's be honest. No one in this movie is not great. No, there, everyone. There's some is, people who that who are clearly like, oh, you're one step up from Stormtrooper number two. But right, like Pil, uh, not um, sure. Some of the names yeah. that went by at the end Pilkin, when it was killing yeah. action, I was like, oh, yeah. The only one that surprised me was uh, Posey. Mm. I went. Yeah, I think because he's ma- he's manning the machine gun nest. His his death is off screen. Yeah. Which is bullshit. <laughs> yeah, which is, listen, you don't, uh, listen, so he's, okay, well. Simply because of his size, like, I, I'm going, okay, some of these guys that yeah, die but in you the know, end, I'm like, I don't know who you were. Like, obviously Donald Sutherland, obviously Jim Brown, obviously the Gil- people. So, Gilpin, Lever, Morgan. Who? 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 Yeah, exactly, right? Sawyer. Yeah, okay, um, Sawyer is a name that. Bra- Bravos. Yeah, like, I mean. Some, some of those face that went by i'm like sure but when it showed posey i was like he died yeah Where, what? well listen it's only you three of them are alive at the end right yeah and two of them were not of the dozen only one's alive <laughs> only vladislaw that's so fucked up yeah it is um well listen the problem with posey is he's manning the machine gun the right. heavy machine gun right and does that know, get blown up by the germans it, well, if you're you know if you're attacking a position and they have a machine gun, mm-hmm. the first thing you need to do is take out that machine gun. Like, right. You don't want to be. But it doesn't. Even, you never even see. No, it. I don't think That's you see it. But when the reinforcements come in, yeah. that would have been the first thing they would have had to deal with. You're not ignoring the machine gun nest, which is situated so that it can cover the entrance of the chateau. Sure. That makes sense. To the road. Yeah. So we're jumping way ahead and we're skipping two very cool things. Yeah. When. When they go to the base to learn paratrooping. So this scene. Can okay. we talk about the, the so, conductor? I want to spend the rest of the episode talking about. Not yet. Not yet. Yeah. He is the poor bastard of this movie. Because he's like, am I doing it good? He, Why are you uh, mad? What happened? Okay, I'll stop. So this movie. Am w- I doing it good? <laughs> what happened? Why are you mad? Let's, you told me when you come out of the building. <laughs> <laughs> to then start That's playing. Right. You came out of the building. This is the voice I'm assuming he has. And I started playing. <laughs> and you look very mad at me. I'm very confused. What is happening? So it, <laughs> one of the things I love about this movie is it's a, at its core, it's a very dark movie. But you've got to have levity. But you have levity. You have those dynamics. You have those <clears throat> dear, light moments. Dear Joker bump. movie, this is what you were missing. This, there you go. Listen, the MCU gets it right. They get it right. As dark as we go, we whoa, get whoa, 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 whoa! I'm simply saying no, no. no I th- I I'm simply saying the Joker, <laughs> or listen, excuse me, 
Joker. All the other DC movies listen, have levity. Uh, listen, I, I could see what you're saying. Don't worry. I got you. Mother I got you, buddy. Don't worry. Fucker. Don't worry. I'm sure whoever's editing this will make sure the oh, perfect you tone bastard. comes through. <laughs> All right. You sons of bitches. All right. All right. So the conductor, poor bastard. They're basically poaching space on Breed's base, which has been fine. Breed has been told that there's a unit there that he has no authority over. But it's classified. It's classified. And he's basically supposed to... Ignore so them. Breed is one hundred percent in the wrong, right? One hundred percent. Why again, is there so when when at the end of the scene we'll get to what happens in the scene? But I just sure. want to cover this because while we're talking about classified delightful inf- scene. Yeah, but I want to talk about classified yeah. information. He goes against classified information by going to that base and talking to those people and figuring that out. Yes. Well, his orders are to just yeah. let Reisman deal with these people. Don't bother them. That's correct. And yet, it seems like Reisman is the one who's getting in trouble at. Borg Nine's uh, office later. I'm like, hey, whoa! What about the guy that that yeah, pulled? Yeah, so let's they didn't even pull rank. They're both colonels. Yeah, no, no, no. Ma- Reisman's a major. He's a major. It's a, a, a oh, you're right. He a is bron- a major. That's a bron- he is a major. You're yeah, right. That's a um, so that's one step down from a colonel. No, it's two steps down, lieutenant colonel. So he's a all right. Let, we don't need to get into lieutenant. Reisman is an o is an o four officer four. Um, is that, wait so a minute, their army, is that still the same? Yeah. yeah. And, okay. Yeah. Uh, actually, our, interestingly, Army and Air Force have the same officer ranks. Isn't the Air Force a... Well, it, at the Came time, out of the... Yeah, they, yeah. yeah, it started as the Army Air Corps, became mm-hmm. the Air Force. So the officer ranks are the same Army and Air Force. So um, Reisman is a major. He has the... Um, he has the gold leaf uh, or the... the yeah, the like gold. The sun it's a, it's a, a yeah. no. It's a leaf. It's it a is leaf. a leaf. Okay. Yep. It's a leaf. Um, it's an oak leaf. Mm-hmm. Uh, the next. So if a Reisman got promoted once, he'd put on a silver leaf, which is lieutenant colonel. Okay. And if he the- got promoted after that, he'd be a colonel, which is the silver bird. The next step after colonel is brigadier general, the one star. Oh. Yeah. So when Reisman mouths off to. Uh- uh, de- to to breed there when he's like you know I always thought you were a cold hearted that's that's insubordination a little bit uh, oh it's one hundred percent I mean they're clearly enemies but uh, Reisman is I smart thought enough. they were the same rank no, I missed no. that okay no no and and it's not even a dynamic of one it's a dynamic of two ranks above but regardless he he shouldn't be interfering with so this. right breed has been ordered that. That and Reisman is smart. He he suggests the cover story that there's a general traveling <laughs> incognito. Oh my god, that may be my favorite moment in the but whole movie. Breed cannot resist the opportunity to basically preen, right? Like, and again, this is his thing, right? Like, he doesn't care about his combat effectiveness. He wants to look good. Right. He wants his unit to look good. So he realistically he may he may produce good troops right. because that'll make him look good. Uh huh. And I say may. There's no guarantee that he does. Well, yeah, we never see him. Well, we can't well, he's see not his ca- troops in, or, in, in action. And they're ineffective. 100%. 100%. I mean, they. Reisman's troop 100% cheats, but nobody says that it's against the rules. So <laughs> so they get to, so let's get to this scene. So the, the dozen plus their MP guards uh, Get to the jump school because now they've they've mastered the behind the lines operations. They have yeah. to be trained to drop in because that's how they're getting there. Sure. And this is where they're going to come into direct conflict with Breed because right. now you're. It's one thing to be on this lo, you know massive base, which is probably thousands of acres, you know, mm-hmm. and you're tucked in this corner. 
now you're right in his face, basically, right? Because you're using aircraft, drop, zone, drop zones, mm-hmm. kind of all those things. Um, so Breed has taken this opportunity to set up a review. <laughs> and this is a total military thing, right? Like sure, sure, know, sure. The, the, this high-ranking officer, sir, I thought you might like to review, I thought the general might like to review the troops. And how great is Lee Marvin's explanation of what he needs who, to do? Just who, walk him down the lines, look at them, and get who, back in the truck. First he goes, who wants to be a general? <laughs> a general? <laughs> That's right. So, but Donald's, I love his, his whole thing of like, well, what do I have to do? Just walk him down the lines, look at the people, and get back in the truck. Don't uh, say it's, anything. It's even worse. Um, act dumb, look stupid. Yeah, so, like it's even more insulting. And again, further evidence of of how Reisman views his role and what's important in the world. But does he act dumb and look stupid? Nope. He starts commenting. My favorite. He walks up to the game. Where are you from, son? Madison City, Missouri, sir. Never heard of it. Oh, my God. So I read So I read that originally the scene was supposed to be Clint Walker. Posey. And he, he was uncomfortable with it. He felt it was demeaning to his character. Mm-hmm. And again, I think character Native American. He was Native American. Sure. He was very proud about that. So that's a no-go. So Aldrich, the director, says, okay, Donald Sutherland, you do it. And this is what got him mash. This is what got him mash. Now, have you seen mash? Yeah. God, I fucking love that movie. And as much as I loved the TV show growing up, the movie is oh, the, a brilliant The TV show, uh, I mean, well, because it's uh, um, Robert Altman. So right, Robert. It yeah. is apples and oranges. Sure. Like, they share the title and some character names. And MASH, de- the de- movie, is... And depending if you're starting at the beginning of MASH, the series, or the end, those are also very different animals. Right. The, the TV series, right? Yeah, the TV I mean, series. Which, again, you know, MASH, the, the series... Well, MASH, the movie, and the series, you know, certainly less by the time the series ended, but certainly MASH, the movie, is also an anti-Vietnam War movie 100%. shown in the Korean War, War yep. era, where I mean, this was just shown in the World War II era, you know? But it's the same thing. It's Mash the series lasted long. The war is supposed to be. I, yeah. Listen, that, I love. That's my favorite part of it is that it went on way beyond the actual war. You know, Donald Sutherland, um, you know, there's so many actors. And watching a movie like this mm-hmm. makes me actually almost sad for like people today that don't, that are probably missing these amazing movies that don't, the movies that don't. That, let me finish the thought instead of uh, cutting myself off. It makes me sad for people today who are missing these classics of film and cinema uh-huh. and actors and performances. Sure. Because maybe on the surface, the movie doesn't look good. And I think of The Bean, and it's not a dig on The Bean. Nope. You're, I, I was right where I was going. She uses classic as a derogatory term. She's like, this movie looks like a classic. I'm like, yeah, that's a good thing. That's right. Yeah. But like... <sighs> You know, Donald Sutherland, I mean, you know, even later in life, like as the lecherous professor in Animal House, like you're missing the brilliance. That wasn't later, that much later. Animal House was what? 70, late 70s. 75, I think, 75, 76. So 10 years later. But I mean. I I thought when you said later in life, I thought you were going to say Hunger Games. Oh, I, oh, that's yeah. I mean, that's like that's end, what I think yeah. of later. Sure, oh, sure, how sure. dare you! End of life. I mean, we already lost Kirk Douglas. Who what, was he? A hundred and three? Fuck yeah, he was. That's fucking awesome. But like Sutherland, it like 
again, in a movie that has so much dynamics to it, this scene, you can watch a scene and just love it. Mm -hmm. It's just delightful. From the moment, from the band leader to watching what a dick breed is, right? Yep. To everyone. To everyone. To the who wants to be a general. (laughs) Now, as so as uh, Pinkley, Donald Sutherland's character, as he begins to step off to review the troops he turns back to his buddies the goofiest face the goofiest face oh it's fucking hilarious and yeah. i think that's what cued breed into that he has to look at this but i'm sorry you're not following orders you were told to leave them alone you know you actually raise a really good point so like that should have been reisman's like yeah okay maybe i brought some prostitutes in for my for my guys the night before we go on this para jump and maybe this and maybe that but I was given carte blanche to take care of these people, and this guy broke rank and decided to go against classified orders. Yeah, that's you listen. If there's if there's a specific arg, if there's a specific attack on Breed, you've exactly nailed it. Um, what it does do though is it does kind of set off Breed's spidey sense so much so that he grabs. And this is what a this is why you know he's a dick. It's not like well he's a stickler for, you know appearances and you know the regs but he's Mm -hmm. a good he's got integrity like he's he's a good officer at heart sure he's a dick because he grabs basically two of his guys a let's see it's a staff sergeant and a corporal i'm thinking Mm -hmm. um to basically you know pull aside one of these one of the one of Reisman's troops and figure out who these guys are. So and they, they do it in a completely professional and nice way. It's the total, oh, you know, a different era of the military. Uh, so they they basically corner Vladislaw in the latrine and they rough him up. This fight is brutal. It, it, it's between per, yeah. between Vladislaw and the two uh, guys, and then when Jim Brown and Posey, Posey again, the guy you want, yeah, <laughs> I think. Is it Jim Brown that like headbutts the guy well, and then? No, no, he doesn't headbutt him. So well, the first guy goes, he, he uh, sorry, oh, yeah. didn't headbutt him. He kicks him in the stomach with his helmet and then he cocks his head up and gets him with the. And then the yeah, and then the guy goes to punch him uh, and he lowers his head so the guy punches his steel helmet. And also, Vladislaw is getting some licks in in the beginning. He pushes, he punches that guy through the the urinal. Yeah, it's listen. It's. Uh, there's so much to love in this movie. Yeah, right? and I love that Vladislav is like, I'm not giving up my name. Yeah, 100%. Who are Oh, you? they're also not wearing dog tags. That's, That's right. important because they go to search room. Where the hell are your dog tags? Yeah. I ate them. I ate them. Right? So all he gives them is number. Uh, and that's and it's, it. What, is he seven? Uh, yeah. Seven or nine? I think he's nine. I thought seven, he was nine. Seven of seven nine? Seven of nine? Yeah. Mm, he was nine. Sorry, he was nine. nine yeah. Okay. That's all he gives them. Um so, uh, let's see. So, uh, again, back to the slipping on soap. Yeah. When they finally get him back in the truck, uh, uh, the MP, what's his name? Boren. Boren's like, what happened to him? He slipped on the soap. That's going around. Yeah, that's but right. it's not, It's not, what's great about it is that it's not like, oh, he got roughed up. Got it. I feel like the line reading that that actor gives is like, huh, people are really slipping on a lot of soap around right, here. Listen. He's an MP sergeant. He knows what's going on. He knows oh, 100%. Just the way he, that he's selling it really well, because I was like, you dumb dumb. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. He listen. Boren is not a dumb dumb. Yeah, that's so what he's. I- yeah, he's <laughs> he, he's able to, you know, and I think that's the mark of the intelligent NCO, mm-hmm. right? Like the real, you know, the 
so the the myth and leg, myth and lore of the United States military, right, is that the, it's really the the non commissioned non commissioned officer corps uh-huh. that really are the backbone of our military. Oh, is he a non commissioned officer? Yes. So he's a sergeant. That's a non commissioned officer. Um, Reisman, uh, Kinder, the psychologist or sure. psychiatrist. Um, Breed, the generals, armbruster, those are all commissioned officers. Uh-huh. It's a different, and every commissioned officer outranks the well, listen, highest. Again, in, As in Deep Space Nine, <laughs> Miles O'Brien is a chief. He is non commissioned officer. Th- there you go. Okay. He's, so chief, he, he's chief of engineering, and that's it. He, in fact, his pip, yep. he doesn't have pips. He just has this weird little insignia thing. So, so that's perfect. He is outranked by the lowest junior officer who's three days out of the academy. Uh-huh. That officer outranks him. Even and, though he's chief of engineering? Yep. Uh, one, ta- okay. Yep. Now, listen. Now, well, this is part of the training of officers. Any intelligent officer is going to understand that just because that chief of engineering salutes him, if that junior grade lieutenant has or ensign has any intelligence... He's shutting the fuck up and doing whatever that chief suggests. And they do. Yeah. yeah Nobody it, ever that, questions so that, so Miles Edward O'Brien. The the non-commissioned officer corps is the backbone of the United States military. Mm. And Bowren is a perfect example of that. He plays a perfect not, so not only as a sergeant, but as a military police sergeant. And I wonder if that's why they make him Th- that's I, I, why he, they bring him along. Well, Miles is uh, O'Brien's from DC. Uh, oh, from, you're talking about DC. Yeah, yeah, sorry, sorry. I, uh, wrong fictional universe. Yeah, yeah, bringing in the military side yeah. of it because this uh, DC Space Nine is where the show gets the most military. There's a literal. Oh, okay. The, actually, the episode that I just watched because I'm watching along with the uh, Greatest Generation podcast yep. is the beginning of the Dominion War, okay. which will follow through to the end of the series. Okay. Next two seasons. Uh, uh, next season. They'll finish it at the end of the next season. But by the end of the show, well, it kind of comes back at the end of the series. But by the end of the show, instead of doing the previously on Star Trek Deep Space Nine, it's just like, if you don't know what's going on, don't watch the show anymore. <laughs> like the last six episodes are like serials. It's just like it ends and it starts with the next story. It's You would probably dig Deep Space Nine. You know, that I didn't realize that that was ever, war was ever that (laughs) presented. You got to get through the first, like, by the time they get a ship. Okay. That's when it gets good. And also, the other side of it is when Avery Brooks gets to look like um, Spencer for hire again. Spencer. (laughs) Because in the beginning, they made him shave his beard. Yep. And grow his hair out. Because, like, we don't want it to be Spencer for hire in space. Sure. By third season, like I'm shaving my head and growing my goatee. And like, back. yes, you are captain. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, he wasn't a captain. Oh, he wasn't even a captain. Yet. No, he's a commander at the beginning. Oh, of the show. sure. Uh, so the other night, uh, the Queen and I were watching. So we're flipping. And our favorite, our go-to is Netflix, the documentary section. Sure. Uh, I'm sure you've seen it, but how wonderful was it? The documentary that Leonard Nimoy's son did. Love a Spock. Oh my oh. God! What a great, so touching, so, so great, and what a complex person Leonard Nimoy was. Which sure. clearly he's a person; he's not a character. But so that was such a great documentary. It was and, really, it was one of my favorites, and wonderful, and heartbreaking, and I just loved that story. I thought it was great. Yeah, yeah. it's it's one of the that's, that's worth Adam's, watching. Adam Nimoy's Adam doc, Nimoy, yeah, yeah, at document. He's married to Terry Farrell now. Uh, Dax. What? Yeah, no I think shit. they kind of. Stuff started happening when he was doing that documentary. No, because he because he had his 
it was his second wife who died of cancer, which like they threw that note in. I was like, oh God, I was not <laughs> You're ready. You're already like sad about this yes, documentary. good Because he started doing the documentary before his dad died. Right. And then it pivots to, to here's a memorial yeah. for my dad. Yeah. Oh, God, it's a, it's a really, yeah. I'm glad it's back up on Netflix. It, it was worth watching. It was mm-hmm. absolutely worth watching. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, so. All right, so enough Star Trek. We're here yeah, to talk right. about. Yeah, that's right. We're back about World War II. Uh, let's see. So. Um, so uh, uh, just as we were talking before, the timestamp when the when the uh, prostitutes come and yes. Savalas is up in the hold. Well, so they've graduated their training. <laughs> oh, they right. graduated they, the jump training, and you can tell it's a '60s movie because it is very clearly just military stock footage of people uh, jumping out of an airplane. Oh, Oh, one hundred percent. Yeah, that to the point where yeah. where they're doing the mission at the end. It's that same footage, just 100%. with a blue. <laughs> Because it's, it's like, hang on, they're going into the forest, and that's very clearly fields they're jumping into right it's, now. That B-roll footage is oh, deep. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, so, and again, this is further evidence of how smart Boren is, uh-huh. right? So to celebrate, to, to basically allow the men to celebrate their success, which which is critical because they're they're – you know, on the cusp of potentially going into combat. Sure. Uh, Reisman arranged for a little celebration. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he very smartly puts Maggot up in the watchtower on guard duty and has arranged for a period of time for some women of the night to come help them celebrate their graduation. And Boren has that wonderful, like, throwaway line. Sorry, I could only get eight. He's like, you know, it's kind of like a cop. When you need one, you can never find one. But he never says, he never says prostitute. Like, no, like it's yeah, at first perfect- I thought they, yeah, it wasn't until they were all in there. Oh, no, it's, it's one of the ladies when they're being brought out says, I'm, I want more money. I went, Oh, they're prostitutes. Yeah, yeah. I thought they were just, they just went to a bar and like, ladies, who wants to come? That's right. Um, you know what I love the most, and I think is the most surprising part of that scene. Now, listen, clearly they were, I'm sure the, you know, at least, you know, maybe as many as 11 of the 12 of them had sex that night. Maybe. Wait but, a minute. Let's do some math there because it's 11 or left, but there's only eight women. Well, oh. first of all, are you suggesting that no one's ever gone sloppy seconds. Dutch date? Yeah, all right. So <laughs> Touch date. I mean, however you want to phrase it. So yeah. some of them became Eskimo brothers? Eskimo brothers, yeah. <laughs> but but you know what I love about that scene yeah. is we have we can only speculate on that. Sure. Because the the surprising moment, Franco again makes the kind of first move to a woman, mm-hmm. but it's not like come on back in the back room. He wants to dance it's with to her. dance. And I, and I and love I, the, there's no music. And he just starts humming a song. I'm like, okay, there's a there's a tender side to Franco. It, but there's a tender side to all of them. Because mm-hmm. in the midst of, you know, they've been plucked out of death sentences or, you know, sentenced for the rest of their foreseeable lives. You know, uh-huh. as long as they've been on the earth, they're going to be in prison that long. What I love is it's not about them fucking these prostitutes. No. It is, they want... Companionship. companionship. They yep. want affection. 100%. They want touch. I would it's argue it's a beautiful that scene. If we found out that none of them slept with those women, I would not be surprised. I would not be surprised at all. One hundred percent. Like I, I didn't want to be like corny. M- m- maybe one of them got a blowjob, but that's right. But listen, you know, that's, <laughs> no, no, no. It's no, but but that is one hundred percent why I love that scene. Yeah, it's is a beautiful because scene. That's all they want. They want that human connection. Mm-hmm. And it, it, I, I, I get. I think that is supposed to reinforce like you know, what, what war costs us, right? And Mm -hmm. our loss of humanity, 
we get to see humanity in action there when all they want is that just connection with another person. You know? And that's and it's mean, sweet. I, I'm sure it's kind of I'm if we wanted to write a, a college essay about this, it would be you know kind of like how when the guys were in Vietnam, the, some of these guys brought the people back home and the women back home and married them. Yeah, because. It wasn't about the sex. It was about companionship. And when the war was over, like connection. Well, yeah. we've got this connection because you know, yeah, I, it's yeah, it's it, really you know, fascinating. Yeah, it's one of those things like the the best of humanity in humanity's worst times, uh-huh. right? You know. Over at the Never Heard of It podcast, we've spent the last four years criticizing people's films and talking about how they could have made them better. Well, you know what? Now it's time to put your money where our mouth is. That's right. The Never Heard of It podcast and Night Shift Radio are making a movie. We are making a brand new sci-fi thriller called Somnium. Somnium is the tale of a brand new app, something kind of like TikTok, where people are able to watch others' dreams, everyone's dreams, anonymously across the world. However, our main character, Adam, starts to see dreams that look all too familiar, including dreams of somebody murdering him. So the question is, who is dreaming of murdering Adam? That's the question we look to answer in our brand new film, Somnium. But we need your help. We need your help in funding so we can pay the amazing crew and the amazing cast of this brand new film. Head to nightshiftradio.com slash Somnium. Donate what you can. And if you can't, share with 100,000 of your closest friends. Someone out there is going to be a rich weirdo that's going to want to fund this film. So again, nightshiftradio.com slash Somnium. Thank you so much, guys. We look forward to making this movie just for you. So whether or not these guys slept with these women, the next Doesn't morning, <laughs> their morning is ruined by Breed. Breed shows up in force. He's got he's <laughs> got a couple of uh, so boy. We haven't even talked about the ubiquitous deuce and a half. That's got to be the oh Jesus deuce and a half. Yeah. So the the truck that they are driving. If you've uh, if you've been in the service, the deuce and a half is. Uh, is that the Jeep he's in? No, it's the truck. It's the M35 Deuce and a Half. It's a two and a half ton, six by six cargo truck. These You've seen them, Indiana Jones sure. and the Nazis. Sure. This is the truck, right? Uh, technically, that wouldn't be because that was German. But the Deuce and a Half the same is, idea, yeah. uh, but it's literally a truck that can run with some modifications. You can run it on gasoline. You can run it on diesel. I think you can run it on kerosene. Like Holy it, shit. It is intended. It is in the same way that the C-130 is like the workhorse in the air, like mm-hmm. you just use it for everything, the deuce and a half, that truck just fucking goes. I drove one when I was in Korea. Did it not go through uh, water? Isn't that what they're driving when they... Oh, well, well yeah. I mean, it's so high that... Yeah. Yeah, it'll go, it'll go through everything, yeah. Oh, the deuce and a half. Okay, so... All right, I got it. Okay. So Colonel Breed... We had another interruption, so if this feels like disjointed, there's a reason. So Colonel Breed shows up the morning after the graduation celebration mm-hmm. uh, with a you know in force with his troops armed, and he's going to get to the bottom of this. Uh, they and they, they give him all the information that he needs. They're completely compliant. They're completely compliant. Oh. Wait. <laughs> so Sergeant Bowen is immediately disarmed, and he tries basically waving off Breed, like, "Look, you don't know what you're doing. Like, this isn't your thing." And, and also, I call, yeah. I call bullshit on this because Breed waits till he knows that uh, Reisman's not going to be there. Yeah, Reisman's not there. Reisman comes back later and yells to that MP, saying, "I told you not to let anybody in." 
I don't know where, I don't know, Riceman went to go get a shave. I don't know where he went, but it's almost like Bree's like, he's gone. Let's go. I'm like, what? Oh, well, Fuck I, you. Uh, you know, he, I didn't read that. So Riceman is clearly not there, but I didn't read that there was any, any idea the, that this was like coordinated in any way. What makes me feel that, that it is, is that, um, Breed never goes, where's Reisman? He knows Reisman's not there. It feels like it's not said. It's show, but don't tell. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, I know that Reisman isn't here, so this is the, my time to... Even though he outranks him uh, two ranks, like right. you said, he's still like, I know what I'm doing is shitty, so I'm going to wait till your commanding officer isn't here, and then I'll be your, by rank, commanding officer. Yeah. Because he outranks everybody there, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, he's the commanding. Yeah. But so he has rank authority. Authority. He doesn't have. Yeah. So this yeah. is where it gets funny because it's like he has rank authority, but there he doesn't are have, orders coming from higher exactly. up. Exactly. He doesn't have like command authority. These men are not under his command. No, no. Yeah. And um, Bo- Sergeant Bowen is correct to basically kind of try to wave him off, which is unsuccessful. So oh, Sergeant, yeah. Sergeant Reisman uh, returns, sees what's going on. And he walks up to the to the colonel. He's like, uh, can I talk to you over here? That's no. right. He fucking fires a gun at him. That's right. So he sneaks into the compound, uh, <laughs> fires the M3 grease gun, yeah. the ubiquitous uh, M3 machine gun. And uh, he's he's pulling the uh, diehard too. He's got the double barrel. Did you see that? Or the double clip? Oh, I didn't see that. When no, he's no. standing there w- watching it in the beginning, you can see the bullets. I'm like, mm-hmm. is he just holding a clip? When he starts climbing up the thing, his, he's got uh, the ladder. He's got two clips uh, taped, like taped so he can just shoot and oh, reload it. The old, all right, awesome. The old what, that's got to have a name. Uh, what is that? Yeah, where you, where you sure tape your clips together? Yeah, yeah. I, now, I never did that. I, I was never in combat. You never. You, have you ever fired any kind of yeah, oh, yeah that, weapon like that? Oh, uh, during training, right? Y- y- yeah. So, uh, yeah. So, first of all, the the well, I, the M sixteen A two that I trained on doesn't no longer had an automatic mode. It was burst mode, so it would fire three shots. Mm-hmm. But I was trained on the saw, the squad automatic, uh, the M two forty nine squad automatic weapon. It was supposed to replace the M60 machine gun, but it was a um, it was a lower it was a lighter caliber. It was the same caliber as an M16, but okay. it was a higher higher rate of fire. It was an automatic rifle as opposed to a gotcha. Yeah. Okay. So, anyways, anyways, uh, so Reisman comes in. You know, a burst of machine gun fire gives the dozen the opportunity to gain the upper hand, which well, they no, do. No, it's it's he he gets them down on the ground and he orders them to go take over. Oh, that's, that's right. And, uh, my favorite one is uh, Franco walking over the one guard on the ground. Oh, excuse me, Lieutenant. Boop, boop, yeah. Then he just steps right over, steps <laughs> on his stomach to get across. Yeah, it's great. My goodness. So of, of course, this is going to end up exactly where we expect. Back in General Warden's office, right? Mm. Hmm? So Colonel Breed cannot believe the that uh, Reisman brought prostitutes into this military base. Reisman is pointing out that basically, you know, s- stop interfering with me. My Reisman have a should mission. have pulled out the fact that well, that he doesn't. Breed- he doesn't need to. Warden knows that. Warden knows that. I mean, Breed is. Uh, if there's any. St- intelligence or strategy to breed he's basically attacking the effectiveness of reisman's men mm-hmm. right did you read that the uh when i can't remember what the line is but when uh ernest borgnine uh spits his drink 
Yeah. That was an ad lib by Ernest Borgnine. Was it really? Yeah. <laughs> nice. It's so great. Uh, so we end up in this uh, this basically like bat, right? They're, so playing, r- they're playing military tag. Yeah. So Reisman. Basically- or, excuse me, not military tag. Military capture the flag. Right. So war games, mm-hmm. 100% part of the military training. But they end up in this scenario where Reisman basically says that, you know, one of his men is worth 10 of Breed's soldiers. Mm -hmm. And in fact, he'll prove it. At these war games that are coming up, um, his small force of men, his dozen men, will will capture the uh, Breed's uh, force's headquarters and his staff there. Yeah. And it's so it's basically one against an you know you know one squad one dozen against an army right um, which sets up this wonderful sequence and I'm going to fast forward through this it's a wonderful sequence that perfectly portrays the dozen are they win by cheating they trojan horse the rules it. they trojan horse it right yeah. they switch armbands uh, <laughs> and I love uh, the uh, Jefferson Ed, Ed I love Ed's like. Hey, you can't do that. He's just, why? <laughs> like, like he's like, ah, uh, listen, guy. So everyone who's not participating so is the, wearing a green arm. So the observers are green arm uh-huh. and the, and he makes a uh, so uh, major armbruster makes a point in pointing out that he's he's not a referee. He can't make a ruling. He's right, merely because when, there they, as an when they steal the uh, they the steal ambulance. an ambulance, <laughs> right? So that's when Jefferson sticks his head in. And uh, the ambulance driver or the officer with him is like, but you're wearing red force insignia. That's right. We're traitors. <laughs> and then he's like, I got these orders here. There's a really sick guy. Yeah. He goes, nah, that's not going to work. Because nice they know who it is. It's, uh, oh. it's Patsy. That, uh, uh, Posey. Posey. It's Posey with ketchup on it. Patsy was our last Patreon episode. That's right. That's right. You're right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So they steal an, you know, a variety of theft, deceptions, breaking the rules, which results in them bringing a machine gun in the back of an ambulance into mm-hmm. pulling right into J- Colonel Breed's headquarters, capturing the headquarters, which uh, General Warden, you know, I love the little gleeful when he sees them and he sees the deception. He figures it out. And he kind of hides his smile. And he's like, okay, Colonel, well, I'm good. <laughs> now, I was surprised that he left. <laughs> to not want to see. I would have been like, oh, great. I would have been like, yeah, I'm going to need some popcorn. Yeah. Colonel, can you get me like a, a soda and some popcorn? Yeah. I'll, and I, Why? I, I'm one oh, of, no reason. No, no reason. reason. Yeah. You'll find out in a minute. Oh, right. I've said too much. I've said too much. That's right. So, uh, of so, course, yeah, they win. the dozen win. Uh, they, Proving their effectiveness, which is really what that's about. Right. They are able to do this mission. Because wasn't part of it, if they couldn't prove their effectiveness, they go back to jail. They're going right again. back. Yeah. Because Reisman's like, well, wait a minute. Hang on. They've come right to the line of proving themselves, and now you're going to take it away from them? Yeah. 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 Not just are they going back, but they're going to go back, and whatever sentences they had are going to be carried out immediately. Yeah. So the five that are sentenced to death, they're Hanged dead. right away. Yep. So um, – with their victory, now we get to the the night of basically the final briefing. It's you know it's the the night before the the launch, and this wonderful rhyme. They're having that, like a turkey dinner first. Yeah, it's a little bit of like a celebratory. I was dinner. expecting the guy taking the picture for that to come into play later in the movie, like at the end, showing them all sitting there. Sure, sure. But it, it, no, it didn't. You're right. You're right. Um, so this, I, I love the rhyme. I mean, we can go through it if you want. I can. No, let's drop it in. Let's see what happens if everything goes right. You ready? All right. One. Down to the road, boss. We've just begun. Two. The guards are through. Three. The major's men are on a spree. Four. Major's men are on a spree. Four. Major's men are on a spree. Five. Major's men are on a spree.
water slot goes through the door. Five. Thinly stays on in the drive. Six. The major gives the rope a fix. Seven. Water slot goes to hook in heaven. Eight. Mayonnaise has got a date. Nine. Young eyes go up the line. Ten. Schleier and Gilpin are in the van. Eleven. Posey's guard points five and seven. Twelve. Water slaw and the Major go down to Dell. And where is Donald Duck? Donald Duck's down at the crossroads with a machine gun. He better not be asleep or we'll all be in trouble, huh? Thirteen. Frank goes up without being seen. Fourteen. Zero hour. And mayonnaise cuts the cable. Frank cuts the phone. Fifteen. Franco goes in where the others have been. Sixteen. We all come out like this. I <laughs> And kill every officer in sight. Odds are theirs. Well, let's start <laughs> off with Paris, huh? What's perfect about that is the idea that the entire team is briefed so well to understand not just their roles, but everyone else's. Yeah. Like, you can't be dependent on... You know, Jimenez breaks his neck in the jump. So then it becomes uh, someone else. Yeah, it's um, the Jimenez part of it. Uh, yeah, it's another P. It's another name. P, and it's not Pinkley. It is. Oh, Gilpin, Gilpin. There's a P in there. We're, we're there's still, a P in there. We're, yeah, we're so good. There's yeah, a P. Yeah, there's totally a P. In um, there. um, but yeah, so it's a it's a great bit. But but that's the idea. The the the. The team has to be successful, even if somebody dies. Is Donald Duck some sort of military hero? Am I missing something? No. The and where's Donald Duck? It's it's this curious section, not part of the rhyme. But Donald Duck is Posey and uh, one of the other uh, members, yeah. who's basically his, his assistant gunner. But uh-huh. the, again, they have responsibility, and they for literally have a Donald Duck. Because they, they make a, the, make a joke about table. like, do you believe in superstition? No, but I'm not going to mess with it. That's right. That's right. Uh, all right, so the mission starts. And um, it goes off without a hitch and movie. That's right. Oh, <laughs> nope. A bunch of fucking people are about to die. Let's talk about Maggot. Yes. So, so they all get in there, and suddenly Maggot's like, I'm going to go batshit crazy and kill this woman Ex- before first forcing her to scream. I mean, scream. is it Sabretooth? Sprecken. Sprecken. Yeah, he, yeah, he is. <laughs> you know, owe me a scream. But what I love about that is they set it up. I mean, it, when that happens, you're like, oh, okay, yeah, I can do see they? that. Yeah, of course they do. I thought it was completely out of left field. No, I think, you know, his behavior in the cell. You know, I, I, Sure, behavior in the cell, the tower. I just, I wish there had been something at that dinner where he still was like, you're all a bunch of sinners. Because it kind of, it had been a while since he talked about that they were sure. sinners. Probably forty minutes had gone by. Yeah, but we had we had two like head nods. We had two chances. Like, do do they need to? You know, if they did it again, we would have been like, okay, we get it. Yeah, Yeah, okay, okay, that's fair. Yeah, but Um, but the you know the 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 plan goes off. uh, You know, although members die along the way, Mm -hmm. the team adapts. All of the German. So to your point, when when Maggot gets the woman to scream before he murders her, the, the what, Nazi what's the reaction soldiers, downstairs? Yeah. Oh, is that a what is it? It's, it's something about like uh, oh she's uh, she's got fits of pre- passion or, or something. Yeah, passion or nerves or something. And then she and then it's or both. I'm like, we get it. Nazis are bad. That's right. That's right. Um, but 
The Chateau is not alerted until Jefferson, actually until Maggot fires at Jefferson. And that's when they know they all go down to the bunker. Um, Which uh, Vladislaw and Reisman are like, okay, you're going to lock yourselves in. That's fine. Yeah, Here, Reisman, we'll lock this door. Reisman feigns a uh, uh, turning his ankle. He does. Which I'm. What's his? We never get his rank, but he's got to be a high-ranking official wearing that German uniform. Uh, I mean, yeah, because it was basically general staff, so it was high-ranking. No one officers. else is going to help this fucking. I mean, again, well, we get it. Well, he, Nazis are evil. No, no, but, he had an aide. That's Vladislaw uh, was Vladis- his aide. So they're just like, you've got this exactly. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, oh, right, and they don't lock the doors until they start shooting. He starts shooting. But the guy that's on the radio, that's another guy that I want to say has a haircut that just doesn't meet the times. Uh, but it's he's a, a German. Mu- the but German. It's, it's still Pompadour, and they oh, wouldn't maybe. have worn that in 44. Well, it would have been a... Well, remember, this is not a field unit. This is... This the is heat? A, yeah, okay. The, you know, it, this is where this is where these... These high-ranking officers are going for their. But real he's not high-ranking. He's just a radio guy. Yeah, but, but you're, you're, he's a pogue. He's not a field troop. You know, <laughs> that's he's, fair. You know, that's fair. So, yeah. So the which one instead of going through all the deaths, which one affected you the most? Uh, but you know, they get me for different reasons. I can't remember. Is it is it Gilpin up on the mm-hmm. up on, on the, the tower on the tower mm-hmm. sacrifices himself. He he's. His foot is stuck. And it's kind of wishy-washy at first whether or not he does, but then the fact that we don't see Gilpin the rest of the time, I'm like, yeah, he's, oh, he died. Yeah, he throws a couple grenades at the base of the like radio tower yeah. to make sure that it goes down. Because originally it was just he was going to cut a wire, kind of keep it like That's, low profile. Right, right. Um, that one's tough. You know, uh, I got to say it's Jim Brown for me. Well, so Jim Brown is our – he's our – Second to last death, Franco gets it as they're driving, right? Has Doesn't Franco already done He's either second to last or last, yeah. Yeah, I think Franco gets it last. Jefferson is second and to last. And Franco's is almost like that. We did it! Yeah, oh. yeah it's totally, yeah. But um, Jeff- Jefferson's, just because he's running, you're like, he's going to make it. It's in the trailer. So that's clear. Yeah. That, first of all, yes, horrible trailer people. That was no, but I'm saying it's in the trailer. So in my mind, I'm like, of course he's going to make it. They, sure. They were adding they, the suspense in the trailer. Oh, my God, he got he's shot. He's totally shot. And, you know, it's the moment where they're like, well, we have Jim Brown, arguably the greatest running back ever. Let's have him do something that looks like he's running on a football field, right? So so basically the, the sure. Nazis have locked themselves in this bunker. Reisman's not nervous. He's like, yeah, they got to breathe. So they go up top, and basically the vent holes, they drop – all how many grenades? All of all them. of them. And and I, what I love about that is the uh, if you were confused whether or not this is a man's man's movie, when they can't get it off, Lee Marvin at one point resorts to punching it. Yeah, he just goes <laughs> the, the like, cover of the vet. Come on, yeah. Lee. Yeah, they don't they dump gasoline. They dump gasoline First they down. Jump all the grenades. I love that some of them are throwing them in, and then it shows uh, uh, Vladislav. He's like, I'm just gonna dump my bag. That's putting right. them all in. That's right. And his whole thing is no pins. Leave the pins in. Don't yeah. pull the pins. Yeah, don't pull the pins because you just need a, a small expo- explosion to start the big explosion, and they're going to get that. And they're going to get it. So so Jefferson has a handful of grenades, mm-hmm. pulls the pins, and starts stuffing them down the vent holes as he's the four running. vent holes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, of course, his shot. And the la- well, and also it. the last one, the pin won't pull oh, it jam- first. Yeah, like, that's oh, right. God. Yeah. Um, um, did you think that this was the only part that wasn't 
an allegory for Vietnam, but this was an allegory for Nazis. They're in a chamber. They oh, know they're gonna die. Totally, you know what? Totally missed that. Yeah, I totally felt it was a gas chamber. Is it like analogy? It's like they deserve this. Yeah, I mean, because ironically, so again, because there were people in there that were in like just tuxes and ball gowns. Well, there's but they were there were they're clearly female companions of these officers. But we were so far into. I mean, the war is almost over in this movie. They're, no, no, the no, 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 no. I mean, Normandy is about to happen. Yeah, right. Which is a turning point. Turning point. Excuse me, but. We're Germany still, controls France. I mean, but Germany still, controls the whole of France. The, the turning point of the war is about to happen. I mean, there's a one, the two guards that sure. are at the at this chateau. The one guy's like, "Yeah, I'm getting out." I mean, we're gonna win this thing soon enough. Yeah, I, I mean, looking back, that's cl- that's Funny. the point where it turns. Yeah, you know, from that perspective, looking forward, that's the the biggest challenge is in front of us. Like, mm-hmm. and but we're also at a point where. We all know what they're doing is evil. There's a you can make an argument that beginning of the war, some people are like, no, this is this is the right thing. Oh, we sure. need to protect yeah. Germany. You know. Well, I you know it's a it, we talked about Band of Brothers earlier, which mm-hmm. um, I wouldn't you know that ten episodes if I remember right, uh, we'd have a hard time going through that. But you know, there's a scene where well, someone already suggested we do Master of the Universe. I saw that, yeah. Um, Mr. Palladino? Mr. Palladino, no, yeah. we are not doing that. We're not doing that. Uh, but there's a scene where a German POW captured, and is actually an American citizen of German descent who returned to Germany. Mm. Um, this was a historical event when you know Nazi Germany called on you know Germans, you know, the blood of Germany to return to defend the fatherland. Right. right. Um, y- yeah, I, I, listen, I... Yeah, I, I think we've we've just it, there's there's no heroes in the in the Nazis. No, 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 no. Oh. no. I mean, like this this movie, like the, the the war is not glamorized or pretty. No, not at all. And, no, and the 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 climax of the film is killing not just these German officers who they're officers, and the fact that they're on R and R doesn't give them some kind of special dispensation. Nope. You know, every companion that was with them was dead. Right now, that's not illegal. Uh, that's not violating the law of war. I mean, there's a reference early on that it's not the chateau is not a military target per se, but the act but it of helps. yeah, but the act of you know targeting military officers is an it, I believe if I remember correctly is an act of war. It's not an act of assassination for right. military officers. So that's all legally. And, valid. and again, these people knew what not what Nazi Germany was doing by this point in in the war. There, there's no way for no. them to hold a blind eye. No, no. In, In 1944, 40, we didn't. No, because we we didn't discover the we didn't con- discover the work the concentration or ex or death camps. Um, really? Till yeah. Well, we didn't, but I you gotta figure that Nazis knew. Well, I, again, going back to Band of Brothers, that's a wonderful episode when they discover one of the camps. And the American forces basically put the townspeople to work um, cleaning oh, okay. up the, yeah. Huh. Okay. I, I, I may be wrong in this. I just kind of felt like the reason that it's okay was like these people knew what Hitler was doing by this point in the war. Well. The, the, yeah. the Germans, not the Americans. Oh, I, uh, let's see. Um, maybe I'm wrong in timing. The, let's see liberation 
they were liberated by the Allied forces between 44 and 45. So I, I would suggest the fact that this is supposed to coincide with the invasion of mainland Europe, D-Day, yeah. uh, that we did not know at that point. It was after we, we didn't. Had- I'm saying as an audience, we're okay with those those German tuxedoed and ball gowned wearing people dying in that fire in the fact that they knew they were complicit with what Nazi was Germany. Yeah. Was yeah. Do. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think you'd be hard pressed to say a, a high ranking Nazi officer. I'm not talking the, about the officer. Oh, you mean the, the women, the women. The and, compa- and there were a couple of people the just staff, in tuxedos. Sure. Oh, sure. They were just hanging out. There. They knew what was going on. Yeah, that's fair. Listen, uh, listen, you're not going to hear. Well, me. the servants, um, Ryan actually says, Kill the kill the not kill the Germans. Let the French, French go. go. That's right, right, because they were French. Yeah, they're they're an occupied country. Yeah, they were yeah. our, our ally at yeah. that point. Yeah. Um. All right. Okay. So, what uh, else? You? I mean, yes. All, all that's left in the end is uh, uh, Vladislav, uh, Rheinbeck, Rhein, Reisman, Reisman, and Boren. Boren. Yeah. When Boren got shot, I was like, no. Yeah. <laughs> that was the only one because I. Yeah. Again, you go into this movie like, okay, a lot of these people are going to die. Reisman, when uh, Bowman got shot, I was like, Boren. Boren got shot. I was like, oh, God, no. Yeah, we oh, he's okay. Him. Oh, he's okay. You know, so we get None a- of them make it out without getting at least a, a, a shot yeah. to them. Let's see. Uh, I mean, we we see the we see the three of them in a military hospital at the end. And General he, Warden's there. One has their hand in a cast. Nice little touch with him having the uh, the ball because you never see that in a sure, movie. Sure, sure. You just see the. I'm like, well, they got to do something to make sure their arm doesn't lose the musculature. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, we hear the voiceover saying that um, all of the so based on the account of the surviving uh, three officer, men. Yeah. The, the the others were all exonerated, returned to their former ranks, and their families were told that they, you know, died in the line of service. So, well, wouldn't their families have been told they were in prison, or was that not would that not be something that was given oh, to? Um, uh, I, there wouldn't. I don't think there'd be a notification unless they wrote their families and they were gotcha. like, you know, okay. what I mean, they they would have been notified when they were executed. But prior to that, I don't know what. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. They'd just be left in the dark. So, uh, and this will be something you can drop here. We then get the list of all the people that died, and a couple of them, I was like, "Hang on, they died." <laughs> yeah, everybody died. Everybody, <laughs> everyone, and, and movie. Oh, so I love that movie. I really enjoyed this movie. I'm so glad you enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. I got to say, like I said in the last episode, I'm like, I'm not a war movie guy. Sure. But I'm not into the war movies that borderline propaganda. Sure. And this is not that. You know, if this, if this was a John Wayne movie. Yeah. And that's. They would have, they would have freed every non, non Nazi. They would have somehow, you know, taken the, the companions prisoner, right? Like it. This would have been a totally different. This would have been a jingoistic movie mm-hmm. if if uh, well, how, John how, Wayne was cast in it. it. And and they would have had that big huge tanker thing that they drive away with in the end. That that would have been filled with the dirty dozen. They would have all survived. The French servants. The French servants. Yeah, it, it sure. would have been like yeah. we're all going right. to America. You with know? with the music that we got during the construction montage, <laughs> which was almost like. Oh, you want a World War II movie? Sure. Here's our positive World War II movie music. During the uh, shittiest part. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I also thought it was interesting when they first showed the establishing shot of the chateau. Yeah. It played... Uh, I was like, oh, 
oh, okay. Oh, I missed that. I yeah, missed that. it happened. It, it's literally that much of it. Got it. It's like, and then it cuts out. I was like, Ooh. interesting. Oh. All right, so we got some uh, questions to answer. We sure do. So, Todd. Yes. Who was your MVP? Uh, for me, it's Va- Vlad. Uh, oh, wait. Uh. No, it's, it's right. It's, listen, it's Reisman. He's yeah. the officer. He doesn't want this assignment, but it doesn't matter because that's not the way things work in the military. 100%. He gets his orders and he does it. Yep. Yeah, I'm going to say it's Reisman also. Yeah. Casey, who is your favorite character? Uh, it's um, oh, Franco. Frank, oh, really? Because he's so like, I'm going to be the center of attention in every one of these scenes. Yeah. So, you know, we didn't talk about the, so John Cassavetes, uh, <laughs> Franco, um, is a name that will get talked about in American cinema a lot. And I feel like it's it's actually probably from a, somewhere around this time and later. Um, but isn't he part of the, like, so in direct contrast to the, pseudo propaganda or quasi propaganda films mm-hmm. that this is not, but the ones prior right. to wasn't Casavetes also part of that kind of gritty, dirty movement in American cinema. Yep. Um, yeah. I, I mean, boy, he, he is wonderful. I, I, yeah. I, I don't, uh, I, I wouldn't argue with that for me though. My favorite is Vladislav. Okay. It's Charles that, that's Bronson. fine. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's an embarrassment of riches that we have in this movie for uh, for favorite character. It, that would be if we were to do Ocean's Eleven. Who's it's, your favorite character? Oh my God! What scene? Like what yeah. moment? I love all what of them. What scene? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, there were scenes where I like Bradis. There are scenes At where I like Maggot. Sutherland, like oh, in the well, inspection, yeah. right? Sutherland. You know, yeah. so yeah, you're right, Mag. Yeah, so it's tough. You can point. You can throw a rock and hit something you love in this movie mm-hmm. without trying. Yeah. Uh, Todd, what was the best scene? You know what? I I've got a million of them, and mm-hmm. I, I, it'd be like a seven way tie. I I I, <laughs> I love the inspection. I love the war games. I love the mission. Uh, I mean, I I love. Yeah, I I love this movie, start to finish. Doesn't matter. So mine is yep. a specific moment in one of the great scenes when uh, Breed, Colonel Breed, yeah, Breed comes and they're playing the telephone game. Of hey, yep. those are the guys who oh. roughed up Vladislaus, and it gets to Maggie and he goes, "Hey, those are the." <laughs> He's telling Vladislaus, "Yeah, Vladislaus, like, yeah, I know." Again, the, the humor. There's so much funny stuff in this movie. I smiled at a lot of things in this movie. I laughed when that happened because Telly Savalas is so funny in it. That was this. Oh, I was like, did she bark? Uh, yeah, she's yeah. really active yeah, right now. Right, yeah. No, that that's one of the moments where Telly Savalas is funny because hundred percent. Hey, those are the giggle. It's you. Yeah, and his reaction is like perfect. looking back. He's like, never he mind. He doesn't overplay it. He gives it exactly what we need. Yeah, 100%. Um, Casey, what is one scene that you would cut? I guess maybe find a different way to have Maggot turn on the guys. Okay. The killing of the woman is just like because he's so like righteous with how he acts, it doesn't seem righteous. It seems like I'm killing for fun, which I think changes the character. You know, I I think that's probably that might be supporting evidence that That maybe he's lying in the beginning. He did rape the woman. He's, 
he is the worst kind of a violent and, offender, I, and right? I guess like it suddenly it just happens suddenly in that scene that I, I wish there'd just been like a establishing shot during that of like like that's the first time we see maggot in the raid yeah or in the in the mission and you're like why are you full on crazy suddenly yeah yeah, I mean, yeah. again, I think that if we'd seen another one, yeah. it would have been but three even, times even we get like, it. Even like a just a moment with him. We just to see that the turn. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's fair. Um, and I, it's not so much a cut; it's more of just like a brush up. Okay, find a different a way for, tiny. for the Germans to know that everything's going on. Okay, uh, for me though, there's there's nothing. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, yeah, I had a feeling that was what you were gonna say. Yeah, yeah. Hey, yes. Who is the actor having the most fun? Um. So we know it's not Lee Marvin. So no, he he was drunk for most of this movie. Which apparently Charles Bronson wanted to punch him. Uh, the scene where he is, uh, where the, he's going to get the giant truck with the tank tires on the back. Yep, they couldn't find him. Middle of the night, they're filming that, and Lee Marvin was nowhere to be found. No shit. They found him at a pub. They got him there as they opened the door, let him out. Marvin just fell on the ground, and the exact words from Charles Bronson is. I'm going to kick your fucking ass. That's fucking awesome. Uh, so we're not going to say either of those guys. No. I, You know who I really think it is? And I think it's, again, the mo- the the scene that got him you know, a starring role in the movie. Yeah, it's it's Donald, Donald Sutherland. Yeah, Donald yeah. Sutherland is wonderful. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to give it to Sutherland too. Yeah, yeah. all right. For the, for the inspection scene. It's, yeah, 100%. Yeah. 100%. All right, so uh, as we talked about earlier, the IMDb score for this movie is a 7.8 out of 10. Yeah, I'm good with that. Maybe maybe move it up to a straight 80. Yeah. I, an 8.0, maybe an 8.5 if I'm feeling generous. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I, it's I'm, good. It's a, it's in the B range. So for me, for it's me, 100% this is... 100%. It, because... it, it really is. It really is, yeah. It really is. I mean, I like, you know, as a World War II movie, which mm-hmm. isn't era of history that i'm fascinated about you sure know, and i'm interested in a uh, military movie but even with its anti-war message which also resonates with me like sure. it hits on in the mix of everything yeah for me this is the perfect movie it's an a plus regardless of how i think of that in terms of numbers so that's fair yeah awesome. all right um would you watch this with your kids no no, like I said, this is a hard PG thirteen R group movie. Sure, I I would watch this with Joe, and uh, yeah, and yeah. I'd be okay with the message that you know war is not something we should celebrate or glamorize. Mm-hmm. You know, so depending on the age of the kid, I mean, there's definitely a a, sure. a, a inflection point there. Yeah, yeah. I, I'd say yeah. Now I wouldn't watch it with the beans. Sure, maybe. but maybe in a a couple of years, maybe I don't think. She, yeah, I think she would consider this a classic. Uh, she probably would, <laughs> but again, I think it's a great. It's a great opportunity to talk about the price of of war. what war costs us. Sure, and maybe we and look looking backwards in World War II, if if this was a true event and this happened as the movie showed it, mm-hmm. and it helped us defeat Nazi Germany, well, that's that falls into necessary evil in my book. You know what I mean? Sure. Oh yeah. It, but as part of a very mature conversation, I think it's actually a can be a great this movie. Point. This movie toes the line between necessary evil. And war is hell. Yeah, sure. In 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 no way where it's ever I ever felt like it was shoving either version of that down my throat. Yeah, it was like here's here's the facts of what these people went through, fictional though it is. But you know what I mean? Like it never felt like war is hell, or it's it's never platoon. It's yeah. never yeah. Full Metal Jacket. Sure. It is, but it's never you know the war scenes it's in Forrest Gump. Yeah, or, exactly. or any yeah. John Wayne movie. Yeah, it's yeah. never glorifying it one way or the other. Yeah, 
Yeah. You know what it is, though? It is a fucking amazing piece of American film. Sure. Yeah. I, I will agree with you on yeah. that. Awesome. Casey, I'm so happy you... <laughs> I did. So I, I was I, happy that you you kind of enjoyed Rocky, which you did. You, I did. You, you did. Sure. But I'm happy that you really I liked, liked this. this. Yeah. I liked this. Yeah. I appreciated Rocky. Sure. I liked this. Oh, that makes me happy. All right. That's awesome. So it's my turn. It's your turn. And I, knowing you, uh, we've had some conversations lately where you've I've I've revealed movies that I haven't seen, so I'm sure you've got. Oh, I got uh, one. I've got yours ready to go. So I'm going to do this fun way. Okay. I'm going to tell you some themes that we're going to have in the movie. Oh, all right. It's okay. animated. And, oh fuck! Don't don't it's, do it! Don't. It's got are, robots. No, not fucking Transformers. The movie they they transform. Oh fuck! Uh, How are you serious? We're not really it's set watching in the fifties. We're not. <laughs> I knew that was going to turn you. It's got uh, an all-star cast. It's uh, set in the... So we're not watching Transformers the movie? We're going to watch a little movie directed by Brad Bird called The Iron Giant. Oh, okay. I, see what I, I did? Oh, <laughs> so Casey's wearing his Transformers, his uh, Autobot shirt. When we were driving home last night, oh, I'm like, that's I'm going to continue to fuck with Todd. You know what? <laughs> well well played, sir. You, that's fucking brilliant. Oh, uh, the <laughs> that's okay uh, you know what Have you, you've, and you've never seen this right no oh. I mean I know what it is it's so good uh, you know but I've never yeah I've never seen it so let's watch that trailer oh, this is the 1999 uh-huh. The Iron Giant ago, a SATCOM radar detected an unidentified object entering Earth's atmosphere. Invaders from Mars. Some assumed it was a large meteor or a downed satellite. This is no meteor, gentlemen. <laughs> this is something much more dangerous. <laughs> Presents the story of a young boy and a giant from another world. You can fly. Who became a hero on this one? You can fly. The Iron Giant.
So yeah, this is this is Brad Bird's, I think, directorial debut. Really? Yeah, of the uh, Incredibles fame. Well, I am really excited to watch this. Uh, I love that you thought it was Transformers. I totally did. Not gonna lie, you got me on that one. You get well played, Casey. Well Thank played. you. Uh, did, I don't know if you saw it when we when I pulled up the trailer. Did you see what the IMDb score was? No, I didn't. Eight point zero. Yeah, this movie's great. Okay, this movie's great. Uh, I'm looking forward to this. I it am has not... got Jennifer Aniston, Harry Connick Jr. Uh, is it Chris Donaldson? Chris, that... Yeah, Chris Donaldson. From um, uh, Happy Gilmer. Yeah. Um, is it Donaldson? Oh, yeah. Chris Donaldson. And uh, um... No, that's not him. Oh, I'm sorry. It's Chris. Who is it? It's Shooter McGavin, right? It, yeah. Shooter McGavin was... Christopher McDonald. Christopher McDonald. Yeah, that's it. McDonald. Yeah. Um, and he uh, and um, uh, John Mahoney from Frasier. Oh yeah, his, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. He's got. I won't tell you what it is, but when you watch it, you'll know what it is. My okay. favorite line in the movie. All right. Well, uh, that's awesome. <laughs> oh, and as the Iron Giant, Groot. Groot. Uh, so that's it. I that's, mean, holy cow! Well, I'm looking forward to that. Look, you've uh, I, this is a this has been a fun series. So I'm wondering if we continue this series for season three, or I was wondering if we move to something new, and maybe this can be a poll for the Facebook page. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do we continue uh, the, for our Patreon? For our Patreon, can we do polls on Patreon? Uh, I'll bet we can. All right. Yeah. Uh, either way, yeah. Should we do this? Mm-hmm. Continue this, or should we? Dive into some trilogies because we got six episodes. We can do two separate two trilogies. trilogies, and it doesn't have to be Ooh. any. It doesn't, you know, it doesn't have to be like, like I was saying Star with Wars. the Matrix yeah. or Star Wars. Yeah. You know, there's a ton of trilogies. Okay, out there. well let's um let's think about that. And we'll let's get our uh, well, Patreon. Let's get supporters. our Patreon. They're yeah. the ones paying for it. They're the so. ones paying for it. That's right. <laughs> All right. All hey. right. So Todd, that was a movie. That was a movie. All right. Uh, so Todd, where can people find you on social media? Should you wish to be found? And should they wish to find you? Uh, well, if you want to uh, check out my blog, which has got a variety of stories about uh, the 17 pounds of weight loss and 37 points of cholesterol I've dropped. Yeah. Uh, and a variety of other things, uh, geeky and non, uh, head over to tmpnsyr.com or check me out on Instagram or Twitter with the handle at tmpnsyr. Casey, where can people find you on the interwebs, etc., cetera, etc.? Cetera. On Twitter, you can find me at not Ryan Casey. On Instagram, you can find me at not dot Ryan Casey. You can also follow us on Instagram at superpodherocast.com. Questions, comments, concerns can be sent to superpodherocast at gmail.com because only Cap writes letters. Tony. Music for our episode is provided by the great Kevin McLeod. He puts out a variety of music uh, royalty-free on his website, which is incompetech.com. We took his song, Take a Chance, as our theme song. So that'll do it for the Super Pod Hero Cast for this week. For Todd Panic, I'm Casey Ryan. For Casey Ryan, I'm Todd Panic, And I've been your moderator, Bob Brown. Be, Be heroic. heroic. Get it. People can make noise again. And we, we watched... watched. <laughs> We're going to give it... A... And we watched... Todd, this is your edit. Feel free to keep any of this you want. Yeah, sure. Oh, that's definitely going at the end. Okay. Okay, uh, One, two, three. All right. So, uh, you know what we didn't say? We didn't say since we are guys with beers talking about movies with capes. That's right. Since we are guys with beers talking about. So, since. (laughs) 
more outtake shit. Uh, hey, it. welcome to the outtake. That's not something that Rob's can fix. fix. That's, That's gonna, gonna take, take a, a little, little longer, longer to fix. All right. <laughs> <laughs>